0: the laptop charger
1: splinter cell is back in action and god of war on pc
0: laptop charger <laughs> we'll
1: leave it in hello and welcome to shenanigans during intro i'm your host. always <laughs> no welcome to
0: triangle square at playstation podcast i'm your host brett Beck, and alongside me as always is saw bridges bringing you lucky episode 234 and alongside me is chris fix hey <laughs> Look, we got it down pretty. We got it down pretty well.
1: I love that Chris always has an urgency.
2: <laughs> of course, of course I thought about it before the show. I was like, oh, yeah. Someone's, I have to say my name today.
1: <laughs> Kept it in it's mind, okay, Chris. You've got it. Uh, if this is your first time listening to the show, we are, of course, a PlayStation podcast, but we're more really a gaming podcast that just kind of looks at everything from the focal point of us all being PlayStation fans. Uh, we, of course, talk about Nintendo and Xbox as needed and give our thoughts honestly about what they're doing, positive or negative. Uh, occasionally, sometimes it ends up being more PlayStation focused, but We'll get into that in a little while. We start to show off the time-honored tradition right way of getting an update on what we've all been playing or not playing uh, and what we've been up to. So, Chris, I'm going to lob back to you for this one. What you've been playing this week, man? <laughs> Death Stranding. <laughs> uh, I'm not going to lie. Looking at your things of how frustrated you were about getting the Platinum, yeah, I thought, is he going to quit? Is this no. man going to not get the Platinum? So no, what are I'm you doing? What what trophies are you working toward? Um,
2: right now I'm doing the 20 Legends of Legends premium deliveries. Uh, you have to get one in each category. And I'm almost there. I have my little spreadsheet with all of it listed out. Um, the one I'm having trouble with is like, it's like Homo Farber or something like that, where you have to build all the... Um, all the construction and I'm at 12 of 13 and I've built everything twice. So I don't know what I'm missing. <laughs> it's really frustrating. Ooh. Well,
1: there's but, gotta be a quest guide, right?
2: Yeah. I mean, I've followed cause I have my notebook with all the stuff written down so I can just cross it off and I've crossed everything off twice. So now I'm very confused. So I'm just hoping that it's not a I, trophy. Yeah. Well, every like people have the platinum, so it's just something I'm doing wrong.
1: Well, what I'm, what I kind of mean there is that I have trophies that are not widespread glitched, but they glitched on me, and the only answer is for me to just go and do it again. Perfect oh, example no. of that I is, that. yeah, uh, perfect example of that is Infamous Two. Yeah, I beat that game on hard. Mm-hmm. Played the entire game on hard. The trophy did not pop. Ugh. I looked into it, like, I found, like, three other cases of people having issues with it. Mm-hmm. And the solution they came up with is that you just had to play the game on hard again. And <laughs> at that point, I was like, you kiss my ass. I just played this game two times already. Yeah. So I just was like, ah, whatever, I'm done. I've oh. debated going back, but yeah. Do it.
2: Um, but yeah, that, it's been mostly frustrating. I put a little bit of Far Cry 6 and some Stardew Valley.
1: So looking at Far Cry 6, I mean, if you had to say a little bit more since when we last recorded, like if you had to give it a number of hours. Mm, 12, probably. That's more than I expected. So has it changed your opinion at all? No, it's still Far Cry. (laughs) So, yeah, I said I was going to give it a try. This entire week when I was playing games, I was just, okay, I'm playing Alan Wake because Alan Wake is really good.
2: Uh, And I finally
1: beat Alan Wake, and I'll say that my opinion on that game, uh, and I I, I said it to the the Discord with you and Blake already, uh, of the 360 exclusives I played, which there are a a large number of omissions from, but of the 360 exclusives I played, it is definitely the best. Yeah, I think it's Uh, like far and away the best. Yeah, to me, I think it's the... And I mean best in terms of a game that would have really moved the needle for me on 360. I don't mean best across the board, even though I still think that there's a lot of truth to that. Um, mechanics are interesting, even if they've aged a little roughly, but you know, as par for the course with a remaster. Um, but the writing is just so focused and interesting, and it feels like a mini series, like I said. And I think the, the pacing for the most part is really good. The only thing where I really think the game somewhat fails, at least to me, is this idea that it wants to be an open world game, but it yeah. doesn't really drive me to ever break my stride of wanting to complete the story to ever go explore the other areas. And it's weird because of course we complain in Spider-Man that we don't want to be taken away to where we can't go do the next thing immediately. But at the same time, if you're going to make a game like that, which Alan Wake is, you don't have to explore at all. You can go exactly to the goal to where you need to be. But if you're going to make an open world, you should at least try and make it interesting enough for me that it doesn't take me driving through and being like, oh, I guess I could have gone and done that, but I'm just not interested. In one hand, it tells you how interesting I think the main story is because I wanted to continue to see it, but it makes me wonder kind of on the other side of things, what do they need or what could they have done with the limitations of 360 and that game pushing those limits already to have really worked on it i think there's probably some kind of game design but it would have taken away from how structured and focused the narrative felt yeah so i can see that can't have your cake and eat it too i guess it just feels like maybe it would have been better if that game was just strictly linear (laughs) but i can see that absolutely it's pretty linear to begin with to be dead honest it's just a linear style game set in an open world so but uh yeah that's good uh I haven't played Far Cry Six, is where I was really going with that. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I was going to, and every single time that I had the opportunity, I no joke, I was like, I'm just gonna watch Yu-Gi-Oh! instead. <laughs> 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 I sat there before I lob it off to you saw since I'm already kind of covering what I played. Um yeah. I did I downloaded Prey, I told y'all. I started playing it. I'm gonna tell you, Prey feels like dog trash. After coming off of Deathloop and all these other games that are running at 60 frames per second. Plus, it's got an input lag that I don't remember, but it's been so long since I played it originally and didn't beat it anyway that I don't remember it. But looking into it, apparently that was a common problem for consoles. But I just, it sucks to me. And I get it. There's two frustrations I have here. One, Is that because Bethesda has been bought out by Xbox, they are very unlikely, just like we saw with uh, Hellblade and uh, Ninja Theory, to want to come back and update these games to run better on PS5, because where's the motivation? Uh, And secondarily, that PS5 doesn't have FPS boost, because Mm -hmm. I really wish that on PlayStation this game could run 60 frames per second. And technically speaking, there's no reason that it can't. It's just there's no ground support for that feature. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, Which kind of brings me to a question. I don't know enough about it. I don't know if any of you have messed with it enough or looked into it. And one of our listeners can probably tell me. I could look it up too, though. Uh I was thinking, what is... FPS boost? Is it something that Xbox is really kind of calling a a console level feature, but in the long run, it's really just them going back to a handful of games themselves and updating them? Because it kind of reminds me of enhanced backwards compatibility, where Mm -hmm. they were like, oh, it's just part of the feature "Of, of the system. I'm like, not really, because every one of these games is you going in and updating the game and your system to support the specific game. So is it really a software, you know, a hardware level feature? Or is it just a thing where you're going through and handpicking a couple of games to put time and effort into so that you have a more, a bigger draw? I don't know. I'm unsure of how it works. From
2: what I gathered, it's like a system level thing that they can enable. um, But I'm not 100% sure on that.
1: Yeah, I wonder. I mean, it doesn't mean that it's a bad thing across the board. It's just more of the the way it's marketed leads me to think that it should work for every game. But clearly, that's not the case. Just like that wasn't the case with enhanced backwards compatibility, right? Right. Not every 1X game ran with an increased resolution. Only a handful did. And it was like Microsoft had to do something. So, it's just interesting. But I do wish that was one of them because Prey on Xbox Series S and X runs at 60 frames per second. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, and it also it fixes loading problems where that game takes well over a minute to load on PS4. Uh, <laughs> PS5 may not, but yeah, it consists And you have to tra- you have to travel between areas constantly, and every yeah. single time, this minute loads. <laughs> God, I can't but, believe we dealt with that for so long. Right, us console plebeians finally getting <laughs> into the <laughs> into the space of SSDs. Um. Yeah, between that and uh, the input lag is apparently also gone on the Xbox version. So it's just, I'm over here like I really would like to work towards Platinum on Prey if I fall in love. But I kind of just think I want to play it on PC or Xbox at this point.
2: <laughs> so. I think it's a rare Platinum, so you could always have that going for you.
1: But it just doesn't feel good.
2: <laughs> no, it doesn't. I messed up, guys. I've been talking up. to the guy who just bought Dark Void on PS3, so I don't really... <laughs> It doesn't matter to me.
1: <laughs> it took all the wind out of my sails to want to play Dishonored 2 again on PlayStation 4 or on, or really? on PS5. Because I was like, I can work towards that Platinum, but it's going to run at 30 frames per second too.
2: Dishonored 1 wasn't terrible when I played it. I just didn't like it, so I stopped.
1: Dishonored 1, the remaster, did it not include 60 frames per second support? Maybe it did.
0: I'm not sure. So percent know You sure played about. it.
1: It may, it may not have. It may have just moved it up to 1080p.
0: I played it fairly recently, and I actually don't remember. <laughs> I don't dishonor is one of those games that like since i played before i cared about frame rate that i didn't pay attention to so i guess i paid attention to it then
1: yeah fair enough to locked at 30 on ps5 okay i
0: was like i know it doesn't have any enhancements from ps5 to ps4 yeah.
1: yeah both of those games had ps4 pro support and i was hoping that meant that they had performance modes that just unlocked the frame rate mm-hmm. because that would get you where i needed to be you know what i mean yeah but sadly, that's not in the cards. I saw what's been playing, though, man.
0: I have been still playing on uh, Metal Gear Solid Five. Okay, and I've been kind of chipping away at that. This time, though, I've actually been playing all the side quests as I come across them, and that's been pretty fun. Um, but I didn't play any of
1: those. Is it like are they like in depth? Or Are they kind of just more like short stories with set within the world?
0: Well, okay, so some of them are more so that uh, you can get better people for your base. Which increases production. Sure. So that game, um, it does have like a a base simulator aspect to it Uh, of you building up mother base. There, there's a mechanic that you have um, that you can pretty much parachute off soldiers that you um, incapacitate. Um, And as you do that, your soldiers they have different stats and different levels for each one, and you can turn oh yeah that light off, (laughs) but you can turn them into mother base and then. Every platform you have, like R&D and Intel, they can be leveled up. And as they level up, you can produce more items. And so, yeah, you end up being able to produce more items earlier by doing side quests. Because some of them have some really high-ranking members that you can pretty much kidnap. Mm -hmm. And some of them are really annoying, like gun uh, ranges on on Mother Base. Those things, I'm not doing those. Because you have to hit 35 targets and you have to find them in like four minutes, I think, or three minutes. And it's not fun. I remember those. Those are rough. Sometimes those kind
1: of things in games are fun, and then sometimes I'm like, ah, you're you're pushing too hard. Like, I remember when Call of Duty Modern Warfare, the original one, first came out, that I did get really into, like, the trying to maximize my speed through the uh, training course. Uh, and then Titanfall did it. and It was tied to a trophy. And I tried and tried and tried. And I finally just gave up. I was like, it's, I don't even care. I it's just, so uh, hard, that trophy. Like, I I love that game, but now I'm done. I had one yeah. friend who did it like 120 times and finally got it. And I was like, it's not happening here, buddy. I'm <laughs> not happening. I got like 35 to 40 deep and was like, mm, yeah, I'm defeated. Please move on. <laughs> My, there's a funny story about that where
2: um, I saw these guys do it. I think it was Colin and Chris gun on their show, and Colin t- can't can't do it the their whole let's play is like them trying to do it, and I think the Let's play is like four minutes long because Chris just gets it done on the first try, and then they just
1: move on, but Colin wow. just can't handle it. it's very funny it's it's so hard. And I've tried every little different way, right? Like you're sitting there trying to like do calculus of like I could slide here, shave off one point two seconds, yeah. <laughs> throw you this grenade. A, you got a grenade,
2: <laughs> like grenade yourself across, basically, and I I'm not good at that.
1: Yeah, it's rough. I mean and I'm not bad at first person shooters. So that always makes me feel like I'm bad at first person. Yeah. Uh but they're just asking for too much realistic things yeah i mean are unrealistic things for the average player but you know at the same time it does make a cool platinum because like if, mm. if you see somebody they're like i got the titanfall platinum you're like damn that respect <laughs> yeah
2: it was funny because even in universe like my main and apex is octane and the whole story of him and his metal legs is that he blew off his legs with a grenade trying to run the gauntlet <laughs> for the fastest time
1: no that's what? awesome yeah yeah that's that's awesome that's really cool <laughs> <laughs> Oh man all right well we're gonna go ahead and get into the news but before we do that remember that you can find us on social media platforms over on Twitter at triangle SQRD you can find us and, and if you do that you can be part of the community's take which we get into later in the show where we have you guys kind of reach out and give us your thoughts on a subject that we talked about in the previous week uh, you can of course just reach out to us and talk to us about any of the things we talk on the show you can join the discord that's linked in the description below of both the video and the podcast, uh, which brings us to the point that you can watch this in video format if you prefer to do so over on YouTube. If you do like the video, subscribe, let you know when these are hitting. And of course, share them with your friends, anybody you think might like it, as well as on podcast services, you can subscribe so that you see when these episodes go live, as well as give us reviews. Many, many, many of you have given us reviews and we thank you. It is very nice to be basically right under a five star. I think we're like a 4.9 or something. On iTunes, yeah. that's awesome. But if you can't review us on your podcast service, a subscription is at least a uh, uh, something that you can do to kind of help support us. And, of course, share the show with your friends. But moving along here, first thing on the news, and I got to quickly step aside and say, Chris, thanks for doing the news, buddy. You're welcome. I'm half dead today because I drove in the middle of the night myself. So, Chris, very clutchly last night, uh, agreed to help do the news this week. So, I appreciate it. Uh, first thing on the news after the allegations of (laughs) impropriety rocked Activision Blizzard they've announced the renaming of Jesse McCree which is an Overwatch character Mm -hmm. to Cole Cassidy seems like a valuable move (laughs) to make up for all that happened I'm sure that women at Activision feel much safer I like that there's obviously Chris's sense of comedy (laughs) in here and my delivery is not at all the way that he would deliver this so uh, letting you know that Uh, which brings us to the interesting thing of what we are not the first people to do. It's just something that's interesting. There was a porn star named Cassidy Cole. Mm. And that just seems to put a bow on this real nicely. You know, they they did so much research. (laughs) (laughs) My only thing, because I'm here's the thing. I just think it's funny in terms of a happenstance. But the question is it happenstance or is this another calculated effort of someone in the position being like, I wasn't ousted just yet. I'm going to make my (laughs) final move might gonna my have th- to rename him again. <laughs> we'll see if this gets discovered. Uh, so that's interesting, but there we are. Next thing up on the news Sony has announced a new state of play for October twenty seventh. This state of play will be covering third party games. Uh, it'll be a showcase for those. It's very short, right around 20 minutes is what they're saying. Um, and Chris says here to avoid the inevitable overhype and angry re- reactions. Uh, <laughs> that that's always a good thing though. Like we were talking about where if, if Sony could set expectations early on, it's better. So if you just say it's, it's going to be all third party stuff and it's going to be 20 minutes. You, you don't have that thing where someone's like, they're going to show kingdom hearts 5.72 and all these different things, which I guess arguably they could, right? It's a third party yeah. game, but let's, you know, Set those expectations correctly. Uh, But Chris, what are you hoping to see from this, man? If if you're thinking third party, what are you thinking you're actually going to see? All I care to see is Hogwarts. It's all I want to see. Do you think we'll see it? I mean, it got delayed into 2022, right? That Mm -hmm. was it? Yeah. So it's about time we see it again. Yeah, I think it'll be there. Okay. Do you think there's any chance that we actually see gameplay from either Gotham Knights or... um, Suicide Squad, or do you think that the moment to do that would have actually been Fandome?
2: I think we'll see it from Gotham Knights, but I don't think we'll see it from Suicide Squad. I'm waiting for that uh, 2023 Suicide Squad delay.
1: (sighs) Yeah, I'm curious. I mean, they're different teams, so I guess it doesn't really matter. And They're very different games in terms of style and tone. I wonder how close they are, like we talked about, from a gameplay level, and if they can actually cannibalize each other at all. Mm -hmm. But... Uh, I mean, I'm not sure.
2: If if the rumor is Suicide Squad is a live service game, I don't necessarily know that Gotham Knights will cannibalize it. I think it'll cannibalize itself at that point.
1: (laughs) Okay, fair enough. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Okay, let's see. Next thing up, Apex Legends Season 11 has been announced. It's called Escape and brings with it a new map, a classic Titanfall weapon. The car SMG, okay, C A R S M G. I guess yes. if nothing else, and a new hero in Ash. A gameplay trailer is forthcoming on October twenty fifth. So, Chris, not only are you excited about this, mm-hmm. you're very excited about this to the point that you gave it a one hundred. <laughs> as we as we know about one hundred, that's when uh that's when it's top top. So uh, what you got there? <laughs> what what are you thinking? No, I'm excited. Um, the
2: last season wasn't that great so I'm hoping the new map and stuff will elevate it Uh, I'm worried about some stuff they have these like PVE like mobs that supposedly you can trigger and uh, that's either going to end my time with Apex Legends or it's going to be really fun so (laughs) we're going to find out but I really like
1: Ash during the middle of a match yeah there's something that could just activate non playable characters to come out that you have to deal with (laughs) supposedly there's um, like mobs or
2: uh, like nests. And if you disturb the nests, then you have to fight them. And I would imagine they give like good rewards, but we haven't seen the actual gameplay yet. So that's all coming off leaks. But in the trailer, they literally walk up to like this bridge and then all these spiders aren't coming out and they have to shoot the spiders. And I'm like, if I, if I'm trying to like rat at the end of a game, and I get attacked
1: by spiders, I will delete the game immediately. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's kind of what I was thinking, is that ideal-wise of being able to introduce a way for you to reward players in the game with gear that would be better for them to use against other players by having some weird in-between thing like that, it sounds cool, like as an immediate thought for me because I don't spend a lot of time in those worlds. But then hearing you, it's like as you were talking, I was like, oh, I guess like you're trying to rally towards the very end. It's you and two other people, and you happen to get caught by spiders. You're distracted trying to deal with them, so you don't yeah. die, and the other people just cap you.
2: Exactly, and and Apex has a has a third party problem because the sound for the bullets are so loud. So if I have to fight a bunch of you know spiders or prowlers or whatever. And then people come in third party because of that. Like, I just that's not happening for me. I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you mean by third party? So like if you're in the middle of a fight, so like in Apex, a lot of the ways you you'll fight is you'll hear okay, there's a team, two teams fighting like over there at Repulsor or whatever. So then we go to Repulsor and f- win that. Basically, just take the fight
1: ah i get what you're saying because the guns are so loud you can hear from far enough away and then you can come and get the drop on people who are still currently in action exactly yeah okay i got you i never heard it called that so Mm -hmm. which i mean i've also never heard anybody explain it that way but yeah i got you yeah interesting idea well saul says he's potentially interested the thing is i don't think i have apex downloaded anymore but this might be the moment where all of chris's random invites in the middle of me playing (laughs) literally anything but apex (laughs) may come to fruition Just do it. I would just be playing, and I I, I just always love telling the story of Chris doing it to me, and then me messaging and being like, did you mean to invite me to Apex? (laughs) I really like So dryly, you're like, yeah. And I said, why? You're like, you might play. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Which I guess is an honest answer. So. (laughs) Uh, let's see. The fall of CD Projekt Red continues as they've now delayed the next-gen versions of Witcher 3 and Cyberpunk 2077 to 2022. You'll have to wait to play the most overrated video game yes. of all time. I knew you were going to do this, <laughs> me, but here we are. And the most broken video game of all time in all their next-gen glory until sometime next year. So I'll take a second here, Chris. I want mm. I want to deal with what you got going on here. Sure. For you to be uh, throwing some shade, you sure did partake in this game, at least one of them. The most broken video game of all time, you pushed through and platinumed. Yeah, Are, you mad crashes. Are you a madman? Are you a madman? Yes. <laughs> then there might just be hope for you yet in Death Stranding. <laughs> oh, I'm getting Death Stranding. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to, if it ends up being something like you keep working, I'm like, what do you got? I'm still trying to rebuild all these homo <laughs> farmer or whatever thing you were talking well, about. I
2: mean, on Tuesday, I'm not playing Death Stranding anymore. So, Ooh. Tuesday is Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, which I didn't mention in what I'm playing, but I have played some Deus Ex: Mankind Revolution. I saw I you download
1: it.
2: Yeah, there I, it's idos Montreal, same dev. So I was like, I might as well. Okay,
1: so, Mankind divided. I, I think did not like it at all
2: the, the latest one, the PS Plus one.
1: The one that starts with you in like a little area with, high, I almost want to call it like a bazaar, but all the little, you're stealthing out at first. And then. Yeah, it was like in Dubai, like you're in, the, you yeah. dropped off in the roof. Yeah, that's
0: Brent the one. Gave I would me that play. game for free. I did. Really? Really? And I, I, gave it, I gave it away to somebody else. I didn't even trade it in. That game sucks. <laughs> I did not wow. like it. Okay, hold on, hold on.
1: I didn't like that game. I can't say it sucks but I didn't get far enough. I did not like that game at all. Yeah. I played for. Roughly an hour, and was like, "This ain't it, Chief. This plays like dog trash to me. I yeah. don't. This is some of the worst third-person cover-based shooting I've ever experienced in a game. <laughs> I was just not enjoying it. So, I see, I, I didn't. Roughly.
2: I didn't play it as a third-person shooter when I first played it, so that might be why I liked it more. It's like a full-on stealth game for me."
1: Yeah, but, you know, when you break stealth in any game, right? And I actually do normally do that pretty early in any game. I try to break stealth just to see what happens and what your Mm -hmm. means are in case. Because I don't want to play a game for seven hours, then break stealth on accident and be left with, I don't exactly know what to do in this situation. So I normally do it up front pretty early so that I have an understanding, while the enemies aren't crazy, of how I might navigate that situation. Uh, And sometimes it's easier. I think games like Dishonored. The powers just continuously show you, even if you're using them for something else, what you can do. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, Chris. Yes. Uh, do you actually think you'd play Cyberpunk again if it got all fixed up? Yes. I thought you would. Because for as much as that you complained about the fact that it was very broken, which it is. I'm not taking that away from anything. You seem to really enjoy your time with it, as did I. Yeah.
2: I can't, I'm not, it's not, I don't think it's a bad game because my whole thing when people ask me about was like it crashed almost 80 times on me in my 110 hours and I still got the platinum in it. I had to replay the entire game over because one side quest was broken and I still did it because I enjoyed playing it so much. So, yeah.
1: And I'm actually curious to see, because, you know, they were talking about some of the things they want to do in it and like some of the ways they want to change enemy AI, uh, gang AI, where gangs actually pay attention to if you've helped them or hurt them in the past. And that changes whether they aggro you because, you know, the current version of the game, all gangs just aggro you immediately. Yeah. Um, And this will be like, oh, okay, you've got some good standing with this group. Okay, then we're going to make it to where they don't attack you on site unless you aggro them. Uh, Mm -hmm. Which is, that's cool. Changing cop AI around, also a good idea. So there's some things that I kind of want to see play out. Um, They're apparently changing some of the skill tree stuff around to be better, which I think is a good move because the skill tree is okay. But I found there was a lot that just, I couldn't see any build really leaning into very much uh, and going a little more RPG with it. Um, Saul, are you still curious about Cyberpunk at
0: all? Yeah, I still want to play it. I have waited. It's just that wait. Yeah, and now I have to wait even more. And I can't say that I'm surprised. I'm just I'm disappointed and surprised, (laughs) or not surprised. Well, not angry. I'm just I'm not angry. Yeah, the weird thing here is that this is the right move. (laughs)
1: Yeah,
0: of course. I mean, obviously that's it's like with Elden Ring. Elden Ring was also delayed too. We'll get to that here in a second. Yeah, but it's and I will never fault somebody for delaying a game to improve it. That's not what you should do. You should embrace the fact that it was delayed. It may be frustrating, but you shouldn't say it's wrong. Yeah, because you don't want a broken game. But at this no, point, it's like, come that. on, people. <laughs> like, this game was delayed th- three times before its initial launch, right? Or is it twice?
1: <laughs> three sounds right. It, it was, was delayed a lot. See, and then, three now, this sounds is low too. to me. And this is three head. does, it, it does sound low. But I think when I say delays, I mean like official. We have a date and we're changing it. We have oh, a date and we're changing it. And we yeah, have a like JPEG. Yeah. I mean, we got that before. It was like, we were originally hoping to be able to start showing off Cyberpunk,
0: but we've decided to delay that internally. That's yeah. a
1: different thing,
0: but yeah. It's just, it's it's frustrating. I want to play Cyberpunk, and I refuse to. It's like, why did I say about Star Wars Battlefront 2? I refused to buy that game with the marketing it had and, and the way it was doing its microtransactions transactions at launch. And I, and I said, I refuse to buy it at full price. I refuse to give EA $60 of my money. It doesn't say that, doesn't mean if it doesn't go to $20 that I might check it out, especially like now, if I was to buy Battlefront 2. That game's like $12. That's not going to their profit line that far. Um, but with like cyberpunk, cyberpunk's a different beast. I was just gonna not buy it at all until it's fixed. There's been very few games like that where I just refuse, even when it's on sale. If they fix it, and if it works well, it's a sixty frames per second, uh, ten eighty p or fourteen forty p sixty, whatever they can manage with no bugs, no crashes, I will happily pay least, sixty dollars for it,
1: or at least the standard range of of uh, what do they call that? The uh the level of forgiveness, margin of error, yeah, you know, margin. Like you of have error. a typical margin of error that yeah. any game operates within, yeah,
0: yeah, and I mean major, like what he said, how one single side quest crashed, like he had to start his whole game over. Yeah, if I play a game that costs sixty dollars and that happens to me, it's out the window. Like I don't even have the disc version of it. I'll go three D print a disc version for Cyberpunk. I'll go buy it. <laughs> I'll go to Best Buy. I'll get a, one of those ten dollar still cases. I'll put it in there. And I'll throw it out the window. It's <laughs> not worth it to me. Um, yeah, and that's not to say that this can happen, you know, once like in a blue moon on any normal game because that can happen. That's not what the story is with this game, though. It happens a lot to random people. Yeah. And not, 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 yeah not game-breaking crashes to be exact, even though there are some. But yeah, just the, the amount of jank this game launched with.
1: Yeah, the yeah. wildest thing about that game was how each patch I felt like made every single person's experience with it marginally like crazy different. Not even marginal, but like, crazily different. Because there was a point in time where the game patched and I did not have a crash the entire patch window. And Chris was crashing like every five minutes. Mm-hmm. And then the game patched again and I was crashing like once an hour at that point. And it went from being able to play like a good 15 hours without a crash to suddenly being like, what is going on? So it's a very interesting idea for a story of, uh, of what to, it, it's you know, the, the whole caution story idea. But I think that they're smart here because The Witcher 3 still has so much, The Witcher in general still has so much good PR for them and like gamer goodwill but they're in this idea of like, just drop it and n- n- do not risk doing anything that would put a subpar Witcher 3 out because they need to keep that goodwill with the majority of people that still love them. You know what I mean? Or yeah. or at least are still willing to love them. Like, I'm almost curious if they can put out a really great next gen Witcher 3 and then also release a cyberpunk that's not broken. How likely is it that they have a swift turnaround? after those two things. you know, Do you think it'll be more of a slow rebuild of trust deal or do you think if those two things come out and prove themselves, can we start to see them kind of rebuild what they had going? No, all, all they need to do is
2: do exactly what they did when Witcher 3 also came out broken. They're going to release a bunch of free cosmetic DLC. They're going to apologize and then they're going to release a really good DLC pack
1: for Cyberpunk and no one will remember again. Did yeah. Witcher
0: 3 launch broken? Yes.
1: It, what, not to this level, but it did have well, bugs. Yeah. I I have a video of me being in a boat, rowing, and then suddenly Geralt standing up, flying into the air about 20 feet, and then landing back in the boat with zero damage done to me at all. And I kept going. It's one of the funniest videos I've ever seen. Oh, <laughs> well, wow. Yeah. It's just, it's real goofy and weird, but the, the game wasn't broken to the same degree. I never had the Witcher crash on me at all. It was just, it was like Bethesda buggy. You know what I mean? It's well, like. No game like, has ever been cyberpunk broken, so
2: I think it, cyberpunk almost broke the it, word broken in a way. Yeah, it's it's really in a league of its own.
0: <laughs> I think No Man's Sky at launch got close. In terms no. of in terms of outrage? No, no, in terms of crashing. I didn't I never had I didn't have a, a I don't think I ever yeah. had that game. That personally. was like the mass reporting of that game was that like your PlayStation would not it crash, it, it blue screen. That's not the correct term for it is what people would use, but because all crash screens are blue. Yeah,
1: sure.
0: Um I never I never That was a massive complaint. Remember that. I played that game a lot at
1: launch too. I don't think it, I ever it happened crash. to
0: Annie. She played like that's why she doesn't even play the game now, even though it's fixed. It's like she <laughs> would walk forward, crash. She'd restart it, walk forward, crash. It just it wouldn't play. It's almost like what happened with The Last Guardian. I, I would do one specific action to, to leave a place and crash. And I'm like, okay, this is not worth it. That's yeah, like the that's third weird. or fourth time.
1: And it's also weird how much a single PlayStation can have a, like the, the system itself can just play the game differently. Yeah. Cause I played through the entirety of Uncharted 3 without a single crash and Seth was playing right beside me and his whole game world just fell apart and it's, Nathan just started ro- dropping through the entire <laughs> game world. And he was like, what? And it kept happening every single time he got to the same spot.
2: So you wanna hear a funny story about No Man's Sky? I was one of the first people to realize that multiplayer doesn't exist because I met up with someone on launch day only to have it not work. Uh, oof. So hold on. You worked your way to get to the same area as them? No, Is someone like on? messaged me and was like, hey, we're in the same planet. And we spent like an hour trying to go around and find each other, and it
1: wasn't possible because they lied. <laughs> no (laughs) terrible all right uh next thing up let's see uh speaking of cdpr uh they have acquired indie studio molasses flood which is the studio behind the flame in the flood um And also Drake Hollow, which I've not seen Drake Hollow, but The Flame of the Flood was interesting. Uh, They are working on a project with one of CDPR's IP. They haven't said which one. The studio supposedly maintains full autonomy despite being under the brand, so they will not change their name. Uh, Pretty interesting choice. And clearly, we know that they still have tons of money, not only from Cyberpunk still selling really well, despite the fact that it was broken, which is also one of the most amazing parts of gaming history that... Arguably the most broken game of all time. Also sold incredibly well. 15 million <laughs> copies. Um, but also the fact that uh, they have so much money elsewhere, right? They have the GOG money that they can sit there and play around with. And I wouldn't be surprised to see them try and look elsewhere to be like, hey, can we buy Saber Interactive? Because they use Saber for like all of their ports. Yeah. Well, so
2: isn't Saber owned? I think uh, Embracer Group owns Saber oh did is that true i'm almost 100 percent sure
1: yeah i'll double check interesting because if so i didn't see that end up happening because they've released games under focus home interactive uh and i don't know why they would choose to do that Yeah, they it, bought them for 525 million dollars wild <laughs> saber is a good studio though so i'm surprised i completely missed that thanks chris of course All right, next thing up, God of War 2018 is officially coming to PC to what should be absolutely no one's surprise (laughs) (laughs) in uh, in January of 2022. uh, Chris Chris's note here in the news is fanboys everywhere died. Um, I don't. Yeah, I've seen some people that were like God of War will never come. I never felt like that was the way that it was going to happen. You know, it just never quite made sense to me with. The moment that they said Uncharted, I was like, "Oh yeah, <laughs> they're they're whole hog in." They're whole hog in. That's exactly I wonder what, what
2: possibly could be next to come to PC.
1: Mm, maybe a, a a Born of Blood. I would imagine born so. How how long do you guys think before the inevitable Demon Souls on PC hits? Two years. Uh, yeah, two years. Two years. <laughs> oh, you about. know, what would be hilarious. <laughs> so <laughs> You say two years from today or from launch today? today? I don't think so. I think launch. I think. I think yeah, from launch, it'll be very funny when it's
2: um, the Darkest Night bundle and it's Demon Souls and Bloodborne next
1: year for PC. <laughs> that could actually be interesting. I don't think it would work that way, but that would be interesting. It wouldn't work that way because that's two seventy dollars games. Yeah, they they, can, and they they, they know sell. they can sell for. Yeah. Well, what they'll do on PC is sell them for sixty or fifty even. You know it yeah that's fair blood bloodborne might do full. no price. i think bloodborne would be full price on
2: ps5 and pc there's no reason to give that game a discount
1: <laughs> yeah but consider if it if it's day and date now if bloodborne yeah. comes to pc non-day and date i could see them doing the slightly drop price because if i'm not mistaken horizon was 50 on pc no the strandings yeah. 50 on pc even though that wasn't sony to be fair just a good example yeah of uh how that goes um Days, Days gone. gone was $50 on PC. Yep. So I think Sony knows, and there's kind of that thing, right, where Steam talks about uh, that, that Gabe Newell quote where he's like, how do you deal with piracy? You just make it a good enough deal that people would rather just spend the money than have to go mm-hmm. through the loopholes of piracy. Yeah. Uh, so, I,
2: I, I just think Bloodborne is so old, and it, it won't matter.
1: that like how Andrew was just Sasquatch on the camera. Just like- <laughs> <laughs> No, it's just the way that like you kind of like walked by and then you were out of frame. Like I just, I wish I, I shouldn't have said anything. I just saw someone was like, "Who's that guy that just walked in the background?" Pretended there was never anyone there. Like, what are you talking about, man? <laughs> um, but anyway, so uh, Saul, how are you feeling about these uh, this new PlayStation or another
0: PlayStation game rather coming to PC? That's fun. I think it's good. Like I've said before, the the more the the merrier and i saw somebody i forgot who it was but it was like um it was a screenshot on the playstation was it playstation or is it the playstation 5 subreddit it was one of the two and the title was please don't be like this and it was some verified user on on twitter i'm not going to name them on the show but they were like this is what this is what's wrong with sony and it was the screenshot of like god of war on steam (laughs) i'm like please don't be like that I just think it's
1: weird to for people to be surprised by it at this point when Sony has gone out of their way to say that this is clearly their goal. Yeah, um, I, I will play devil's advocate, though. I do think it kind of
2: sucks to advertise your console and sell people on the console with these exclusive games and then after people have bought the game in the console to be like, sucker. But I don't think it's a bad thing. I just see the argument of I was sold on the PS5 for god of war for uncharted for the last of us and then being like this kind of sucks but it's also really dumb to care you know what i mean i just think there's an art i understand the argument some people have i just don't think they make the right one
0: well and so, that's the people will say like i bought a playstation 4 to play this game what well, did you did you get to you got to okay well didn't you get the value out of it then like even if it goes to pc a year later two weeks later well,
1: like, See it, to me the the day and date of it all is where I think that that line gets a little. I don't want to even say crossed. It's clearly Sony's property; they can do what they want yeah. to with it. But to Chris's point, I think when you do advertise off this idea of exclusivity, and I bought this to play this, I think as long as there's a gap between them, it's a pretty fair ar- argument to be like, did you buy the system for that? Did you get to play it? Did you get to play it a year before everyone else did? Well, the problem or whatever, the, and then at that point, it the. the as Chris said, it's still technically them advertising something as an exclusive. But I think that it really doesn't matter at that point. Well, but at the same time, right, if they ever do become day and date, I would imagine that they would stop actually advertising no, as a
0: that, exclusive in the same way. You know the, what I mean? That's the problem people have nowadays. It's like it's it's you'll see a trailer for a game and it'll say console launch exclusive. Yeah. That typically means PC and console. Sometimes yes. it doesn't mean PC at all. Yeah. And, yeah. and you there is no lot anymore.
1: Well, a good example is Final Fantasy VII Remake, a game that said yeah. coming first to PlayStation and has never a- been talked about again in any capacity. Yep. And there's been people who have dug up the fact that Sony paid to extend that deal, apparently, with yeah. the PS5 version. But at this point, with all these other games too, like Forspoken and all this stuff coming, it almost makes you wonder, like, what are the chances that, Final Fantasy 7 Remake just doesn't come to PC. And Good. would Sony even want that when they're literally putting their own games on PC? Why would they tell a third party to stop and don't put their game on PC? I think Sony only cares that
2: it doesn't come to Xbox.
1: <laughs> Me too. I, I could see that. I think the agreement probably up front was don't go to Xbox, go to PC all day whenever you're ready. But clearly Sony saw some value in making sure that Final Fantasy VII Remake uh, intrograde mm-hmm. came out as a PS5, still only PS5 exclusive. Yeah. And that's why I don't see Sony changing to a day and date anytime no, I, soon because of the fact that they have seemed to work diligently to not have that happen and kind of keep this idea. Like I, I still think that the the shortest time that we'll see for the next few years of between a release on PlayStation and then a release on PC will be a year. If yeah. you want,
2: if you want my hot prediction, uh, pull a Shave Dog here. Uh, Twisted Metal will be day and date on PC.
1: You, well, Ooh. you know what? That's actually. Going back to what I was talking about in general of Sony using their ability to be a little more nimble and make smaller budget games mm-hmm. to uh, to kind of fill out the fact that it takes their bigger studios longer to make this very high-budgeted yeah. game, I think the best way to do risk assessment there and risk aversion is to release those games day and date on PC, as crazy as that is. I think that if they came and were like, hey, we're doing a... Um, we're doing a third person top down kill zone game again, then we're going to be You good. Uh anyway, it's gonna be like, oh, here's our third person kill zone game. It's day and date on PC just so that we have a higher chance of re meeting our, 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 you know, goal of cost here. Yeah. Uh, I just think games that need
2: a player base will come day and date at, with the new Sony. And I also wonder yeah, that's, because Nixus isn't doing God of War, Nixus isn't doing Uncharted, they're not doing Bloodborne. Um so I I almost wonder Allegedly. If Blue Point's doing Bloodborne. <laughs> um I think that it, we could be looking at a situation where Nixus is was bought to simultaneously put some of these games day and date on PC.
1: I mean, we'll see in the long run. I definitely part of why I think we're we're not seeing Nixes doing these things yet is that they were happening beforehand. You oh, know what for I mean? sure.
2: Yeah, I just wonder at this point, like with God of War, like God of War could have been it. You know, Uncharted's not them, and that's a couple months out. I don't know how long this takes to. No, yeah, nor so do more. I. Yeah, sure. but I just, I just wonder if maybe that's why they were bought specifically to be like, okay, I don't know. Naughty Dog, you're working on The Last of Us Remastered. We're going to work simultaneously with you to put this on PC. So you guys can focus on PS5, but we'll make the PC version in conjunction with you to launch Day and Date. I wonder if that's something they might do. Because The Last of Us Remastered would be a really good candidate for Day and Date because of the TV show, and because it's an already established game, it might be a situation where we're like, okay, we want as many eyes on this for the show as possible, so we're going to put the Last of Us remastered on PC day and date.
1: Well, and similar thing for The Last of Us, I feel could be true of Bloodborne too, where it's, it's I don't mean this in any derogatory way, of course, but it's an old game. And it's exactly. been exclusive for so long that coming back around with it, the people on PS5 who just want to be able to play it as a 60 frames per second and some stuff sh- switched around, changed around, um, that also depends on whether it's a remaster or a remake. It would be so crazy if it's actually a Bloodborne remake, which is something that's been rumored that it's not a remaster, it is a remake. That mm-hmm. would be interesting, but uh remake I could see maybe being not day and date, but if it's just a remaster, I see zero reason for it not to be day and date. please give me
0: a blue one remake by Blood point well uh, and look like actually, a remake like demons yeah
1: to to go not necessarily against, but I guess to better clarify what I was saying about the uh one year day uh, uh, one year gap between release. I think the difference there is whenever they're just remastering titles, and a good example of that that we're already seeing in action is that Uncharted is still coming to console. First, the uh what do they call that? The the thief collection or whatever it's actually called. Yeah. Um Uncharted 4 and um the, the Lost Uncharted, Legacy. Yeah. Uh those two games are still hitting PS5 first, but they said the PC version should be releasing within a couple of months of that. So that's a good example of where I'm assuming the reason that's being is or I say I'm assuming. I wonder if the reason that's being is because the PC version just won't be ready, but they want to go ahead and let the PS5 go, or is it still that they want to have that little window of exclusivity for PS5 just for the people like Chris is talking about of, I bought this for exclusives. Why are you giving my exclusives day and date to elsewhere? Well,
2: I, I don't know. I, I think that would be kind of weird in a situation where they automatically say that, you know? Where it's like, hey, we we Well, they announced it as PC and PS5 so that we sure. know it's not exclusive. Sure. You know, yeah. so it's not... You know, I don't know. I don't. I, I hesitate to use this phrase, but it's the only thing I can think of, it's not a like pull the wool over someone's eyes thing in, in that sense. Where I think the argument comes in later when you're like the best exclusives here, are God of War, and then five years later you're like, oh, I could have just bought a thirty eighty. You know what I mean? That's kind of where I come in on it. More of like, yeah, they're not day and date there, so yes, they are exclusives. But if I'd known, okay, God of War will eventually come to PC. I might have bought it, I wouldn't have obviously, but someone might have bought a 3080 and upgraded their PC and just was willing to wait. And instead, they were like, Okay, I'm going to buy this PS5 because you're telling me these are exclusives. So that's where I see most of that to kind of wrap back around to the point I was making.
1: Yeah, and I see that, but I think wrapping back around to Saul's point in that too, uh, just as kind of an addendum there, I do think that there still is that thing of like, nowhere in that situation is Sony, is Sony saying, right, that and and not saying you're saying it, just kind of an interesting clarification and kind of a look for people that do look at these things. In that situation where you could have waited, Sony's basically saying, do you want to play these great gaming experiences in the earliest possible form mm-hmm. or do you want to wait and kind of be out of the zeitgeist of the moment of when everybody else is playing it? And that's just a, that's a, hey, we're going to give you that opportunity down the road and then it's just your freedom of choice of whether or not you want to do that. Now, of course, like you're saying, it's something that they didn't tell you, so you didn't know to make a decision. But, you know, as anything, d- definitely now, I think if anybody's looking at uh, PS5 games and not thinking, if I do, I really want to play that day one. If I'm not pressed to day, play it day one, then I'll wait and see if it ends up hitting PC because it probably will. I think yeah. that's probably the best way to approach this now. Yeah.
2: Listen, so- I, I'm a baseball fan and a Red Sox fan. So, when Johnny Damon won a World Series with us in 2004 and then went to the Yankees, that man is hated in Boston now. So I get where, like, the kind of exclusive upset people get when something migrates away to a potentially rival console. So I kind of, I guess, I'm more sympathetic to the, the argument.
1: Well, that's where I think PC is interesting. I don't think most people view PC as a rival console. I think that the difference between God of War coming to PC in terms of, uh, fan poor reaction oh my god that's amazing Uh, anyway a fan poor reaction versus if they were to say right now god of war 2018 is coming to xbox it would be waves different you know what i mean oh absolutely Uh, i would love to see that though that would be fascinating (laughs) there you go chris take a look at that um i want to take a moment here in between this news Well, really, we'll 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 talk about it after because I think it actually might even lead to an interesting full topic. It's it's something that happened to Saul. (laughs) I just think is interesting. Oh, the leak thing. Yeah. Yeah, So, but we'll wait. We'll wait till news. So next thing up, VGC reports that a new Splinter Cell is supposedly finally in production, and there is a chance that it is set to be revealed in 2022. Not released, revealed. Um, this is not too surprising, right? Because Ubisoft has basically teased and hinted and talked about the fact that they've been looking at how to bring Splinter Cell back around and then they kind of like I don't want to say pulled the rug out from people but some people felt like they did when it was like oh never mind it's just Splinter Cell stuff inside of like Ghost Recon or oh it's just Splinter Cell as a as a guest character inside of this but my argument there is why would they be worrying about doing all of that if that didn't mean that they had a potential to like want to look at fan reaction see how hype people got to so they could say is it worth, is it finally time to look at this and kind of bring it back into production? So even though, I I guess this is a report. So a report is a little different than a straight-up rumor, but they're still similar in the sense of you shouldn't set your goals thinking that it will absolutely happen because anything could change from here to now. The game could be canceled. Who knows? Um, I am not a huge Splinter Cell fan. I'm going to throw that out there. I don't think it's a bad game series. I've just never gotten too big into it, partially because it was exclusive for uh, uh to xbox for a long time by nature of just how that because the first splinter cell was an original xbox exclusive right no or did it hit I'm xbox so first uh, no i don't think so well, 360 for sure had an exclusive splinter cell maybe yes, so, but that's they when, did. That's it was
0: a uh, conviction uh, but that's when that yes, series conviction. became trash there's only three splinter cell games by the way yeah, there's there's only three of them because anything after chaos there he is.
1: I think I think Blacklist is the one that's only. Uh, no, it came to PS3 and Wii ui <laughs> was I'm gonna say Conviction is the one. Yeah, Conviction I, is the one. I, yeah, I knew for sure there was one there. I never played the original Splinter Cell that was on original Xbox, but for some reason it felt like it was exclusive to me. I didn't know if it was kind of like reverse Grand Theft Auto where it hit uh xbox first and then ha- waited to come to playstation
0: maybe so but remember that the story i was telling you where i learned how l3 and r3 a ps2 controller because it came in a playstation magazine demo disc splinter and cell that game. was the original splinter cell game that was back when i was like i i was it was 2000 and it was it had to have been 2004 to 2003 sure and when did when did the original splinter cell come out
1: or right, we're about to find out It looks like 2002 was the first one.
0: Yeah, because I would have. I I go by things like where I was at at school, like what school I was at, because of what friends I was hanging around. Also, there's way
1: more than that. There's Splinter Cell, Pandora Tomorrow, Chaos Theory, Chaos Theory, Double Agent, Conviction,
0: Blacklist. Yeah, and there's only three of them. (laughs) There's only three Splinter Cell games. (laughs) So I love Splinter Cell. I hope that this is a remake slash reboot of the series with a young Sam Fisher. Or younger Sam Fisher. I don't want them to go off with old Sam Fisher as he is now. I think that they did some dumb stuff with his character. And I really like the original Splinter Cell series. I say that. I liked all the way up to Chaos Theory. Because after that, they kind of just lost their charm. And I am really excited to see if we ever actually get a Splinter Cell game. Like seeing Sam Fisher in um, was it Breakpoint
1: yeah breakpoint had his gear
0: yeah and he him as a character it was kind of cool the way i introduced him but then he was just like another standalone like character off there to the side who was like all military man with no with no personality hold on wait was he in the game i thought his yes. gear was just in no the game. he was in the game and it was lame it might have been wildlands i get those two confused it, wait hold on what was it breakpoint he, you go to him for quest That does not say 30 Sam's call oh, sign 62. deep blue and
1: breakpoint Is a reference to the chess playing computer
0: uh, No he's like a, a Standable NPC And I don't think his name is Sam Fisher though Hold on Maybe it is But yeah it's I love that series And I am, am ready for it to come back Weird but- Alright
1: yeah, it doesn't mean much to me, but I know it's a beloved series. So at that point, I just hope for everybody else's sake, they get what they want out of it. You know what I mean? Just play <laughs> Hitman 3.
0: You're not wrong. <laughs>
1: okay. I guess, um, I, how similar is the Hitman series to Splinter Cell? I don't know. It's not, I, played, I played a good bit of the Hitman series, but not any of the newer, newer ones. I haven't played any of the ones for PS4. Okay, well, you should play Hitman 3. You have no excuse. Um, yeah, interesting. Okay. Well, here we are. The next thing that you two are so excited to talk about, we finally got a look at the trailer for the terribly named... <laughs> Chris, your news <laughs> is so great. The trilogy, <laughs> Grand the Auto the Trilogy, the definitive edition. It looks great and launches November 11th for fifty nine ninety nine on everything on God's Greeners. It looks fantastic. Capable of playing modern video games.
0: It looks so good. I'm uh, so excited to play these games.
1: I, I do think... Uh, I saw the trailer and it does look... It, it does look what I imagined. Because it's important that the games have their style... Mm-hmm. And yeah. they still look like the original games, but they do that thing of what Blue Point talks about, where a little less though, so, right? Look but feel. still there, where Blue Point's like, you want the game to
0: look like people
1: remembered it looking. That's
0: like. I got so I say upset. I got so confused whenever I was like, I saw this on Reddit, and then uh, actually, I think the way it happened was like a picture of it got leaked first, and then Rockstar leaked the trailer, and there was like a play by play of it in the Gaming Leaks and Rumor subreddit, and like. I clicked on that and I watched it. And like the the next day or like later that night, I saw the one on the PS5 subreddit. So I clicked it and I was just reading comments. And somebody's like, This looks like trash. And then somebody was like, What do you mean this looks like trash? This is exactly how I remembered the game. That's 100% true for me, too. Yeah, and that's it's, how it's how actually I remember a huge it looking.
1: visual upgrade. Yeah. But it's what you were. It, it looks as sharp as
0: you remember the game looking. People th- Did people think this was going to have a realistic art style like Grand Theft Auto 5 and 4? Yes. Because that's not that's, what the original ones
2: looked that's like. That's the thing. People absolutely thought that this was. We're putting all these games in the GTA Five engine. It's gonna look like GTA Five.
1: It's a full on remake. I don't know why like, they why thought why do you
2: think that? All they, they did said was put it in, Unreal in,
1: Three and they, not Rage because Grand Theft Auto Five and Red Dead Two are the and Red Dead One and Grand yeah. Theft Auto Four are all the Rage engine. Not even that. These games are coming to
2: iOS and Android. How oh, did that? that. Yeah. yeah, how that didn't set your expectations properly blows me away. It's just people who wanted to be mad.
0: What's the main character of GTA 3? Claude. Or GTA 3? Claude. That's the one that I didn't, I played like 20 minutes of it as a kid, I didn't like. So I'm hoping mm-hmm. that changes. The, the way wild I, thing is, I platinum San Andreas during quarantine, and it looks
2: like I remember San Andreas looking last year. You know what I yeah. mean? <laughs> So well, could you,
1: your memory is like a crazy thing. It really makes things look way better than you like a yeah. good example, right? And th- you can still appreciate it, but a good example was that driver game on Grand Theft uh, on, on Game Boy Advance that Saul was talking about playing, where it's like, I remember that looking amazing. <laughs> <as a kid. laughs>
0: that game looked awful. As like an adult. it's
1: technically impressive for a Game Boy Advance, but it did not look good. Um uh, but yeah, I actually kind of like the uh, thicker outline style that which the yeah. original games have. But it's because it's a cleaner image now. It almost has this like um, it's it's kind of hard to describe, but it has like this almost cell shaded look to it now, but still with some realistic textures in there. It's mm-hmm. the light- I was really
0: impressed. The lighting and reflection systems added to the car is amazing. I was gonna say that's what it is. It's the art style versus the actual lighting and reflection system is what gives it a. Um- like almost uncanny valley, but like in a good way.
1: Look, yeah, yeah you know that cut scene where like uh, there's a lot of stuff. Like I think the environment looks great, but I'm glad like the small touches where they showed um, CJ and and the crew sitting in the kitchen yeah. talking. Yeah, dude, that looks so good. I yep. could, I was like, that's honestly amazing. That See, looks really good.
2: The ones that really got me were the uh the GTA three. Like they have that shot where it pans over and he's driving forward. Yeah, and, like, I'm the like that looks so yeah. sick. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. I see, cannot and, wait for this. And I'll that, tell you, this is the most excited I've been about a Grand Theft Auto, yeah. and I, I still don't know. But, but the thing is, is I know Chris is going to buy it, so yeah. I have zero cost of entry. <laughs> I can see if I can reconnect with Grand Theft Auto for the games that I actually did like. You know, I should mean? just
0: stand there and be like, "No, you buy it. You buy <laughs> it. You do it. <laughs> Never going to happen, buddy." Well, and my I is, is like, I GTA Three as a kid looked boring, right? Like it looked. I didn't play it as a kid because it looked boring when I had that in Vice City, because that's what happened. My buddy came over and he was like, dude, you should play these games. And the first one he booted up was Vice City on PS2, right? And I'm like, oh, you could like go drive cars and steal them and like go do whatever you want. This is fun. And then he's like, well, here's the other one. And in, in comparison to Vice City, GTA 3 was just gray. Right? I was like, oh, this doesn't look as for, fun.
1: Yeah, for color, because they yeah. did that kind of neon side so, and, and the the sunset beach and stuff like that yeah, for so, Vice City.
0: Other than playing... um, like the 30 minutes of three or the one hour of three that I did, I, I've never played it. So I'm excited to go back and play it. Well, and Vice City added a lot of features,
1: As an adult. right? So playing yeah. that first, I could see that. I actually played the games in order of release. I didn't beat them in order of release. I never, beat. But my dad was, you know, my dad's a big gamer. I uh, definitely was back then. And so we were kind of in that thing of he would get the games and then he would just let me play them. And my mom hated that. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, here I am. What I came out. Did Grand Theft Auto 3 come out in one? Yeah, two thousand, I believe. Or was it two thousand? Okay, because uh, I, I think it was. They were two no, years. It apart was oh one
2: because it's the twentieth anniversary right now. So okay,
1: yeah. Because I was thinking oh one, oh three, and oh five for the years of release of each one. That feels right. But anyway, I remember playing each one of them as they were going along, um, and <laughs> it was just it was very interesting because. They are very different games, but you appreciate how much they add between each game when you play them in order of release and have time between them. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, I, I could definitely see playing Vice City first and then going back to Grand Theft Auto three and being like, "Yeah," but actually, of them all, I think I like three more than I like Vice City. Three's got a really good story. Vice City's still good. It's just it's my least favorite of the three. So. <laughs> You know what, though? <laughs> I can't wait to walk around to CJ and just get buff and fat and get haircuts and go custom out my ride. I really, uh-huh. I'll really i tell you, in terms of just go sheer for, playing... Go look for Bigfoot? In, in sheer playing, Vice, not Vice, San Andreas is just fun. That, it will, Or at least it was back then. It was just fun to play. Whereas, I would screw around on Grand Theft Auto 3, but I'd only do that for about 30
0: minutes, and then I was like, alright, I'm going to go play Story. I'm going to go see what I can do here. I and hope I the soundtracks and the radio stations remain
1: dude that is a licensing that's licensing hell I don't yep. know how they're going to do it I yep. hope they do but I don't know how they're going to do it
0: that would honestly be one of the first things that where I would, I'd be hesitant to buy in the game is if, if they like if there was nothing the same they don't have, have like a single song from the originals I'm like Woo. we've updated our radios to be more in line with modern audiences uh-huh. <laughs> have, have a ton of Machine Gun Kelly I'm what, like,
2: that,
1: hold on. what oh, did that just happen on Resident on. Evil 4 VR? Yeah, RE4. yeah that's what I thought um Oh my! I don't know. Uh, I can't. I'm trying to think if the iOS releases had the soundtracks. into it. It's all the same. So then, yeah, I would imagine they are. Even though it's a, it's still a licensing nightmare, but Rockstar would be foolish not to try and spend the money to make it happen because they're going to make so much I'm, money. Out of this, I'm shocked.
2: Know? I was reading. I don't remember what game I was reading about it with, where they were trying to remake it. It might have been Tony Hawk, where they were saying they're having so much trouble with the. Uh, the music that they've started adding into contracts. Like, we have this license in, in perpetuity for any release of this game again, so hopefully yeah, I think they did something like that.
1: Right. Well, that's kind of like uh, if you look at, like, Silent Hill 2, yeah. at the time that they did that, uh, if you remember the Silent Hill HD collection that had 2 and 3, mm-hmm. uh, originally... They had to announce that they couldn't use the original voice because there was no written contract at the point in time because it was such an early days for voice acting in <coughs> games that they literally just did verbal contracts for everybody. People yeah. came in, they were like, "Hey, you're gonna do this, right?" And they're like, "Yeah," and that's how it worked. So then, when it came time to re-release it, one of the voice, or the actual, the main voice actor for, um, oh, how am I skipping on his name right now? Saul, so, uh, main character for Silent Hill 2. I can't Silent believe Silent guy
0: james isn't it james yeah uh i was like i was like don't don't mess with me now <laughs> I it, i'm like that doesn't sound right
1: yeah uh that voice actor came back and was like no you can't use this without paying me more and all these different things you'd have to do this and it was unfair contracts james sutherland and it got yeah. really out of hand yep, right. and they ended up yeah they ended up coming around to uh finally getting him to calm down and even though they had recorded all new voice for everybody they were able to finally re-include the original voice acting in the game again but silent hill 3 didn't fare so well and they had to completely revoice every bit of that game Oof. and people were furious it didn't help that at the same time of revoicing everything they also edited the script which sounds about right yeah so but yeah it's weird how that stuff goes in games because there's so many games i love that you will never see re-release because it's just like oh it's a licensing nightmare like Square would have to basically completely drop every bit of music within uh, Final Fantasy VII Crisis Core to be able to bring it back around. And I think that they're just like, I just don't want to do it. <laughs> you know what yeah, I mean? Exactly.
2: So, I don't know. So I'm, I'm very it. excited for these. These look great. GTA three is my
1: favorite, so. GTA three is a really great game. Uh or and it's it's weird because I say that and I know that sounds weird to people who are like, but you say you have like you're not interested in Grand Theft Auto. I'm not. And even this. I, I still, if I'm being honest, I don't think I'm, give, I'm going to really play any of these but in my, I still have fond memories of these games it's just I don't care to play that style of game as much anymore, that's kind mm-hmm. of what it is but 3 and vice, uh, 3 and Liberty City Stories both have great stories
2: yeah. I just think it's funny for to me that so far my game of the year is probably going to be 5 games that re-released like 10 years ago <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh man okay next thing up Elden Ring as Saul mentioned earlier got delayed from January to February 25th uh, a network test for the game has been announced in conjunction you can try and sign up through from software's website hmm there's not really much to say about that Saul's already kind of said it a delayed game uh, is, is the right move uh, the only downside here is I actually almost wish they would have delayed further like just move it into March please
2: yeah <laughs> I don't know if it was you or it was my buddy, but there's no chance I'm playing Elden Ring now. No chance.
1: I mean, I'm definitely going to play it. When is a big question because there's too much. Yeah. just uh, all from software games, I play for like a month long. So mm -hmm. I don't know how the hell I'm going to play. Because And the way I am with games, I won't want to play anything else if I start this. So I have to be strategic. Yeah, because this is...
2: Dying Light and Horizon for me that month. Like, there's no chance I'm touching Elden Ring. <laughs> yeah, there's, Th- those there's those, s- those games get in the boot for
0: me. <laughs> oh, trust me, I know. <laughs> yeah, that game. That I will be playing nothing but uh, unless that game is a total flop fest. Like, unless I play that game and it's like this feels like Dark Souls One, like half speed or something crazy, which is not going to. But if something happened with that game that like it was just not it didn't click with me. But I don't foresee that happening. It'd, yeah. it'd be rare. We'll see.
1: I'm definitely excited for the game. I just, it's still that, where do I work it in? Cause it's like, I feel like February, I have to schedule out my games two weeks for Horizon, two weeks for this.
0: <laughs> you know, it's, mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm 100% taking a week off for that.
1: I might do the same, actually. I still got two weeks of vacation. That might, that will help. If I can actually just sit down, I would be able to start Elden Ring a lot sooner if I can, like, just take one week to play Horizon the whole week. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? And, and get that knocked out because Horizon comes out the week before, right? Yeah. I think so. Or is it two weeks before? I think it's one week before. It's either one or two, it's, but it's before. So, so much going on. So we'll see. Next thing up, news wise, we finally know what developer Concerned Ape is working on after one of the greatest games of all time in his basement. Chris, you. I'm telling you, your new style is, is very different than mine, and it's very funny <laughs> to read. I'm sorry. Uh, we got a we gotta first look at The Haunted Chocolatier, a game that follows closely in Stardew Valley's footsteps but sees the player take on the role of a chocolatier serving ghost. I can't can't wait. It's going to be interesting to see. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm not surprised this rich man has decided to. And I'm, I say that with all love. You deserve every penny. <laughs> but he's going off being like, you know what would be great after I make a, a farming game? I want to serve some chocolate to a ghost. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I just, I don't know if either of you watched the trailer. It, I did. Nah, nah. It looks so good. I'm so excited. It, yeah, I, I posted it in the Discord. No one else seems to be as excited as me, but I've just had a busy weekend. So I haven't, it's it, no, on when you posted it. The Nartech one. So yeah, everyone is leaving me, leaving me high. And everyone's, dry everyone's sleeping
1: on the chocolates here.
0: which you should Seriously. be in. Uh, it's in our description below. You could join it and, and chit
1: chat with the boys. Bang bang bang, uh, let's see. Next thing up, Suda Fifty One Studio Grasshopper Manufacturer has been acquired by NetEase, uh, which I did not realize until this. So, Chris, you've uh, you've definitely given me something to look at. Uh, Suda and the studio is behind classic series like Traffic Strikes Again and No More Heroes, as well as
0: countless other games. Like, like Bob genuinely
1: Chainsaw. countless other games. Yes, um,
0: Killer is Dead. Yeah, I was gonna say Killer is Dead is is, 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 is dead the is, yeah. is the goat one there.
1: Who made? It? I'm trying to remember the developer because I don't think it was them, but it's just on my brain. Uh You may, you guys may not even remember it. It was an EA published game.
0: What's, and the, what's the name of the title?
1: Hold on, I'm trying to remember. It it's was my emotions right now. It was like a Dead Space style game. Her and you heart. were you were like a guy of some kind of Latin descent who had a motorcycle. I just cannot Killer remember his name dead. right now. No. No, no, no! It's not called Killer's Dead. It's It's the game I know. It's it's where you you
2: play. Oh, I know what you're talking about.
1: Uh. Oh boy, it came out in like 2010. It's on the cusp of my. I know, um,
2: I know what it is, but I can't think of it. It's where like your body comes apart, and you can control your body parts, right?
1: Um. That might be right. Hold on, I'm trying to. Make, it plays a lot like Dead Space. It's is it Shadow person, of the Damned. The, Shadow of the Damned. That is exactly Damn. it. Yeah. Shadow never of the Damned. Of this game, uh, dude. This game's actually awesome, and it really reminds me of w- the heyday of EA, uh, where you're going to. Oh, never
0: mind. I remember that. You're game.
1: going to save your girlfriend mm-hmm. because she gets like taken. It, dude, it honestly, it, it it's it's like if you tried mixing together Dead Space's gameplay with like a Dante Inferno style story. That's cool. Like You're digging deeper and deeper into like the depths of... I don't want to say hell, but that's kind of what it is. But yes, well, sad, this is... The sad that part is, is I Suda never 51. got to beat it. But I thought that was Suda51. Okay, yes. I thought so. Dude, what a game, too. You Classic. know what I mean? <laughs> I really... The thing is, I kind of want to go back and see if I can find it and beat it. I wonder if it's on PC at 60 frames per second. Because that, that'd be the biggest problem playing it now. But dude, that game was awesome. I definitely want to go back. What problem is, is I got... I want to say a soft lock. I got hard locked because of a, the save system. I, I screwed up and just messed around and wasted ammo and then a save hit and I could not literally... It was at, right before a boss. I couldn't oh, do anything no. about it. I tried and tried and tried and I was just stuck. But that's it an is, awesome game. Right it I is $40
2: on actually. PS5 or PS3. So.
1: <laughs> what?
2: <laughs> or on eBay, yeah, it's 30 uh 49 That's one 90. of those
1: cult classic things, isn't it?
2: Yeah, you definitely... Yeah, I, I was thinking like, yeah, I might order that. Nope, I am not playing that this time.
1: I would be willing to play that on PC, so long as it's on PC. And of course, it is not. <sighs> Why do they hate me? Hold on. No, it is. Why? Why'd you lie to me? It is. I don't know. Oh, it says play it while you still can. Yeah. Or what's going on? Are they going to delist it?
2: Yeah, it's delisted from the Microsoft Store.
1: Whoa. It'll be soon removed from EA Play. Is it just gone?
2: Yeah, it looks like it's dead. R.I.P. R.I.P. in peace, baby.
1: See, and this is why people pirate games.
2: (laughs) It is. I'm sorry. No, I agree. I would argue this is like the perfect time to pirate
1: a game. And this is also why people don't trust digital, because you you would think, oh, it's digital. Okay, for the for the future, if I want to just go play this random game I've never heard of, I still have the opportunity without having to worry about all the disk being destroyed and put in a landfill in case it accidentally happened. <laughs> not that it would, but mm, interesting. That's going to really bum me out, because I don't know what to do about that now. Yeah, I just checked on um,
2: Game Pass PC. It's not here. So that's too bad.
1: Yeah, but what about a uh, EA Origin?
2: EA EA Play is in Game Pass.
1: What EA Play is, but is Origin like? It doesn't mean the game's not included, but can you just still buy it from? Oh, I have no idea. I don't. I didn't download Origin onto my PC. It's going to tell me that. I have a feeling it's probably not. Dang it! <laughs> that really bums me out.
2: Yeah, that's too bad. I would have liked to play it.
1: Yeah, that's a game I always meant to get back to. I was like, I'll just restart because I still really like this game. And here I am. going to have to go buy it on bucks. PS3. Ugh, they're killing me over here. Anyway, that studio got bought. I think that they are a studio full of very interesting games. And while I don't love every single one of them, I think that they are the kind of talent that there's no reason not to get behind. And I, basically, I, I would rather see someone buy them than to see them somehow go bankrupt or anything like that not that they were going to but mm-hmm. they're just a really interesting studio <laughs> uh, so just too bad we'll it was see what ends up coming yeah right too bad it was netties uh last thing during tomb raiders 25th anniversary celebration we got a look at a canceled tomb raider game tomb raider more survival horror than action wait what Oh,
2: sorry i, you wrote I missed this it. tomb so raider ascension
1: ascension so more survival horror than action platformer ascension was eventually replaced by the 2013 reboot interesting survival horror tomb raider i think that could work yeah i'd play the hell out of it i mean i I like the 2013 reboot to be fair but the problem that everyone i've ever seen who played those and of course this is a blanket statement be prepared for that i liked every tomb raider game that they've done so far But they're so (laughs) non-memorable. Yeah. Arguably, I actually think the 2013 reboot is the most memorable of them all. Mm -hmm. It's the only one where I truly remember what happened. Yeah. Like, I remember parts of two, something about Jesus and a tower. (laughs) (laughs) I just played, I just played, uh, that was what? Rise of the Tomb Raider? Yeah. And then, um, what was the new one called? Uh, Uh, Tomb Raider Among Thieves. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> yeah that one uh, but yeah just across the board those games are they're too close to other things that they end up being fun but unremarkable by the time that you get a couple years out from them you're just yeah. like that was an experience like I'd, I've mm-hmm. had worse experiences I've, I've played Far Cry 6 um, uh, I think the
2: only reason I remember Tomb Raider 1 or 2 is because I was very sick and I was playing it when my mom was like, "You have to go to the hospital now."
0: <laughs> mom, hold kind, on, hold on. Trying, what kind of sickness were you? I'm like, trying like to blue? save Jesus.
2: Um, no, oh, I, I had I had ulcers, hernias, and hemorrhoids all at the same time.
0: Oh, and
2: I couldn't eat or smell food, or I would throw up. So I lost like a hundred pounds and had to be put on an IV. Man, wow! But you were dedicated, right? You're like, I've got to help Laura
1: scale the Tower of Babylon. <laughs>
2: No, I was just dealing like with the sickness because I was still working and all this shit. It was just like I would work at McDonald's. and I'd be like, I want a McDouble. I would eat it, and then two minutes later, I would throw it up. Oh. And then I think that night, I had come home from work, opened the fridge, smelled food, and I was like yucking and crying into the toilet. And Mom was like, yeah, we got to go to the hospital, bro. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, boy, that's rough.
2: It was not a fun one. Well, there one.
1: we go. I mean, I'm, I'm always interested to see what they're actually going to do with Tomb Raider, but I feel like Tomb Raider is just... It's lost its big presence in gaming. Like it can come out and it'll do fine and people know the character and know the stuff, but I don't feel like it ever really moves the needle enough anymore. Like there are Mm -mm. games that I'm always like, oh, that's cool. But at one point in time, I felt like a Tomb Raider game was like an event. And you know what it is now? Generic. And and it's it's weird because I really enjoy a lot of it, but you're right. It's just a, I know I'm going to have a good time with it, but it's just nothing that special. It's generic
0: slash safe.
1: Yeah. Well, and then the one time they tried not to be safe, people gave them hell for like basically including the threat of rape in the first game, which brings me to that weird thing. I was talking to someone yesterday. I don't get this idea of like you shouldn't write things. You shouldn't write bad things that people do into games or into stories because that makes for interesting. N- not every story needs it, yeah. but that makes for potentially interesting stories because the reality is, is a lot of humans are screwed up and mm-hmm. that can't happen. And it's interesting to have flawed characters come in and and get to see what's going on and how the non flawed characters, well, flawed in different ways, I guess, because Laura, of course, has her own things deal with those situations and how they impact people. And I think that that's part of what made the first game the most memorable. Absolutely. And then every other game just became safer.
2: And then, I yeah. mean, I mean, it's know. one it's one of those things. I completely agree with you. I mean, ten, Ted Bundy saved lives at the suicide when he worked at the suicide hotline. Like people are multifaceted.
1: <laughs> yeah. Like for all the crazy things they do, they can do other things. And I I don't know. It's it's weird. I think that people have a thing where they want to own in on something and not realize it's kind of the idea of like you're taking it out a context and you're not looking at what the game's offering and what it's trying mm-hmm. to do. All you know is that there's a but there's, there's a threat of rape scene. It's not even a really rape scene. It's like a threat of rape. And that leads to a character moment of like tension and seeing how Laura in a young, unexperienced state deals with this and her friend being lost and all the fear that comes along with that. It's an interesting thing. Uh, it, but it is a shame that that felt like the most interesting of all of them. And then they kind of got kneecapped from people arguably overreacting. Wow! And then the I think internet? the next two games, they were just like, we got to be careful of what we do. Yeah. Because you, you know, in gaming, in AAA gaming, one bad PR piece it could completely, you know, cut you off. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and that's a weird world to live in within gaming.
2: I wonder if that's going to change after Hogwarts comes out. I'm curious. Because Hogwarts is going to be the best-selling game of that month.
1: I think Ho- I think Hogwarts is going to sell really well in spite of all the things that people are talking about around yeah. it.
2: I wouldn't yeah. be surprised if it was the best-selling game of that year. So, like... I wonder if people. Ooh, well, be Call like, of Duty still exists, buddy. <laughs> um, have you heard of a little thing called Harry Potter? <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes, I have, but Call of Duty is just different. It's I, I still I I look. I agree with you up to the point of I think that there are certain monoliths that just can't be beaten. Harry and, Potter. Harry, yes, Harry Potter, the the series that has had a number of games beforehand that have never outsold it, has never become the greatest selling game of all time. Yes, this is probably the best shot at that, but I still, I still don't think it's going to happen, Chris. I'm sorry. I don't know, man. Yeah, you can, you can call me Shafe Dog now, okay? <laughs> but that's my hot take. It's not going to happen. Congrats it will sell well. I, thought. I do agree with you, Shafe. We love you. <laughs> We're just having a good time at your expense, and hopefully, you know that we don't mean it in any kind of bad way. Don't crash um, your mail truck. <laughs> yes please keep your <laughs> grips about you um, but that's the last thing on the news uh, and I think we're going to take this real quick to of course go into the community's take which remember you can do by going to any of our social media that we pointed out uh, or of course if you want to be that extra cool person you can head over to patreon.com slash and uh, throw a dollar in the hat and support the show we appreciate all of you who do and uh, trust me it's plenty of you on, if dad. you wait around you hear them at the end yeah dad come on did your dad listen to this show, too? No. <laughs> I didn't think so. But that's going to be a new long-running joke in uh, in midweek matinee, which is uh, going to be a good time. Uh, so, Community stake for this week. Um, don't have them all pulled together like we have been. Um,
0: I want to say is. we don't
1: have as many responses as usual because I screwed up and realized very late last night that I hadn't posted it. So, for those of you who did the short-term um, thing, I appreciate it. Uh, but we have a number of answers specifically... On Discord, so thank you guys. We have some on Facebook, and I think Twitter might have been devoid of any answers. Yeah, d- Twitter
0: had zero. Okay. But uh, of course, community take now is is all going off of our topic from the show before, and we asked you guys, how do you feel about the state of game reviews? Should they change? Do you find them as useful as is? Uh, what do you look for in game reviews? And over there on our Discord, uh, a buddy of ours who does sometimes have some good hot takes as well. Yeah, RudeDays93. He says, well, I think there are a lot of bad game reviewers out there. I think with YouTube content creators now, it's pretty easy to find someone that has the same overall taste in a game you would like. And if you're looking for game reviews, that's the first thing you should be looking for is for reviewers with gaming tastes that line up to yours. I think there are many times a game reviewer gets treated unfairly because they don't enjoy a game as much as others. And people forget that these reviews are opinion pieces. And it doesn't mean that they're wrong and if they don't like the game. Unless, of course, their review is disingenuous by not having played it enough. Throwing in their political opinion or any type of opinion that has nothing to do with the gameplay or story. Then he says, looks at Kotaku. <laughs> Good example.
2: days You don't have to call out David Jaffe so hard.
1: <laughs> <laughs> is that what he did? Yeah, he
2: said Metroid Dread was bad. And then also said he didn't beat the first stage.
0: Yeah, oh, well, but well, I'm not surprised with that, man. I will say this, and <laughs> I think that's why this is a him. really important no. thing here.
1: I think the big difference between two things is that uh, it depends on was he calling his thing a review. Yes, <laughs> and if he was, then that's fair. But more importantly, I still think that if you want to say that this is my review of something and this is my thoughts on something, and then do that, as long as he's clear. It doesn't mean that people aren't going to try and mock him for the fact that he didn't do this. But as long as he's clear to say, and and I didn't watch it, so I will say that. But any reviewer, let's kind of take this big scale. One of the things that Rude says in here is um, that it's disingenuous by not having played it enough. I think so long as your review specifically works around that limitation – and you spend time talking about the piece that you played and you make it clear that that's all you played and why you didn't feel the draw to play further. I think that can still actually be a useful, interesting review. Yeah, of course. But, if you don't approach it that way and you do this very big scale of like, here's the problems with Metroid dread or with this game. And then later it's revealed by somebody looking at your trophies or something like, Oh, you only got like trophy wise, you got through what would take most people an hour and you didn't put that in your review. That's a huge issue. You know, and those are two very different things.
2: Um, Yeah. uh, I don't know. I was more making a joke at Jaffe's expense, but yeah, he literally called it a review and was talking about how bad the game design is throughout the entire game, and then hadn't beat the first level.
1: And then something about the game being hard? Yeah. That, was, too, that, was that what it was? The, yeah, that was basically oh. like the
2: game was hard because of bad design, and then he had the audacity to make a video saying, I won a game design award in, in the 90s. And I'm like, bro, that doesn't mean that you're all-knowing. That's would be someone telling me I'm blatantly wrong about a Red Sox fact. Like, Well, I have them tattooed on my arm, so I'm right.
1: You know, it's stupid. <laughs> yeah. Well, and so, but looking at the idea of reviews, yeah, I think that there's a time and place for all reviews. And I actually really find it interesting when you do find a couple of reviewers. And there are some out there that will say, I played two hours of this game and I quit and here's why. Uh, a good example, right? And and I get some of Chris, like, he, he's had games where he's been like, I'm going to push through and play it anyway. But I think there's just as much value in reviewing a movie, reviewing a game or whatever and being mm-hmm. like, people can people can say, you didn't watch the whole movie, your review is not fair. That's not true. No. As long a as DNF review, review is very valuable. Yeah. A, a review of why you didn't finish something and that only covers what you did watch and why you didn't see the need to continue watching is fair for its own set of rules. It's all about how you choose to frame your review. If you choose to frame the review of the whole movie's bad – a good example makes me think of like Malignant, right? If you, for some reason, turned Malignant off in the first 40 minutes mm-hmm. and you said, it's bad for this reason – just because the movie maybe does something really cool in the long run and does this doesn't mean that that first forty minute review, as long as it's specified as such, is not a valid review. It is, right. and for some people, they actually may look at that review and go, "These reasons and looking at that give me all that I need to know that I don't want to have to waste forty minutes right, at to least get to, to find stuff. out if I agree there and then see the good stuff." I think there's value in that. Yeah, you know, I mean, there's so much little. There's so little time to do things that a review that specifically says. This is where I stopped. be careful, because you might stop here too. Mm-hmm. Can be incredibly valuable.
2: Yeah, I, plugging midweek again when we did Up in the Air. I think that was a big thesis of our stuff. Where I, I think I was the one who said it. Where I'm like, if you stop watching Up in the Air before the last ten minutes, that's a romantic comedy, and if yes. you finish it, it's a goddamn <laughs> tragedy.
1: So, <laughs> yeah, it's a very big, it's big difference, and yeah. Very you're right though i mean sometimes things can change on a dime I, I would even argue that malignant going back to that completely well it almost yeah. doesn't have a genre leading up to its major point but yeah there's yeah. good examples of things that change but it's interesting to see those opinions um so yeah it's all about how genuine you are uh if you're being genuine with your review in any state i think you can review in any particular way um because you're right, it is an opinion, right? And I think you look at all these different people that you can line up with, uh, but I think there's also this idea of even if you align with somebody, hopefully the reason you align with them is because you find them to be genuine people that also share your view, uh, your your taste in games. Right. Um, for both of you, I'm curious do you ever do y'all ever go and read a review? After you've played a game without reading any reviews because you thought you were going to like the game, you play it, you beat it, then you go read reviews just to see if other people land somewhere similar to you or if it's like vastly different. I've done that with movies. I've never done it with a game.
0: I was going to say I do that all the time with movies. What I'll do is I'll watch a movie and I'm like, that was pretty good. I'll open up Reddit, go to mo- our movies, and I'll type in that movie, find the official discussion of people's takes of it as it came out, and and just kind of reflect on like how I feel about it and how they feel about it.
1: Versus popular opinion. Yeah. Or at least
0: popular for that area. Yeah.
1: doesn't mean anything. But yeah, I will find that I occasionally will just, even months down the line sometimes, I'll see somebody like, and I'll be like, I find them interesting and I've liked some of their stuff in the past and they're talking about this game. I'm just going to, I'm going to click through and watch Mm -hmm. it and read it. And it's it's very interesting. And that depends. I find that I actually lean on reviews more in that way or experience reviews more in that way than anything. Mm -hmm. As like a post- look at someone else's examination of the same thing I experienced and how we experienced it, or how we felt about that experience.
2: Yeah, I, I tend to use reviews for games as like a, a set expectation setter, you know, because I, I've said I think on this show before, it's like I have enough money where if I don't like a game I can just drop it, you know? So I'm not, you know, Guardians, people are mixed on it. I'm like, I like Marvel and I like the Guardians, so I'm pre-ordering it. But I'll watch Skill-Up's review and I'll watch ACG's review and I'll go, okay, well, they didn't love the game, so at least I know like, I'm not going into a perfect experience. Um, I don't tend to make my purchase decisions off it anymore. But I remember when I was a kid, I used to wait until midnight for the Call of Duty reviews and then walk to GameStop and join the line, you know, if it would got good reviews. So like
1: <laughs> I've never done that. If I'm at a if if I'm gonna go to a midnight, it's cause I already know where, where I stand on the game through uh, gameplay videos or whatever, you know? The uh the GameStop
2: I used to have near me was literally like five minutes down the road walking,
1: walk down. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's yeah, I think uh I think game reviews can be helpful to get people to buy things that they're unsure of, right? Mm Because sometimes it depends on how a game was shown. I feel like sometimes games get enough pieces to where you can watch gameplay and experience these weird things and get a trailer that gives you an idea of story. And you can piece together how much you think that it lines up with the interest for you. But sometimes there are games that are kind of an enigma and you kind of just wonder. And you're like, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and watch it. Like a good example is I already was going to buy it. I wasn't worried about that at all. I'd mm-hmm. already pre-ordered it. So that factor was out of it. But there was still that thing of like, kind of you were talking about the expectation set where I watched ACG's Kena review before I ever got around to playing Kena. Yeah. You know? mm-hmm. And it it did help set an expectation that I do feel like actually made me enjoy the game more because I I had a slightly better idea of what I was getting into by hearing someone talk a little more in depth about it than what preview events showed. right? So... Yeah, Um, that's a good one, Rude Dace. Uh, Thanks, man. This one's interesting. We have Rude Cold, one of our patrons as well. He says, as I write game reviews, I'm going to, of course, say they are relevant, but you have to find a reviewer that you trust their opinion and that they have seen (coughs) the game through to its end or at least state what they've played in their review. It's always best to read a few reviews, even those that give low scores, as they may state something that is off-putting about a game, which would give you cause for concern about the game. Generally, generally try not to follow hype and read the actual reviews rather than just rely on a score. Um, which, scoring is a really interesting thing when it comes to that. and uh, It actually kind of comes around to something that Josh, uh, Joshua Lago said, so I want to tie these together before we talk about it. Over on Facebook, he says, a lot of emphasis gets placed. Also, he's uh, another one of our patrons. Thanks, Josh. He says, a lot of emphasis gets placed on having a definitive take right away. And, of course, we get why. But I think that most the most insightful reviews of any kind usually require time to marinate. I don't know what I'd change, though, other than to generally do away with scores and instead focus on what's good about the game and who it's for, which some reviewers already do uh so those two things together i do think is important and i like that rude cold answer because of the fact that he does write reviews uh and it's interesting to get the mindset of someone who spends time doing that but how do you guys feel about scores like when you there's this world of review right where people look at reviews as just this number and that's why we've complained i think saul and i in the past about the way that metacritic works that some people Use Metacritic as a means to skip the review reading process, go to a site, and then just go, well, this game has a bad conglomerate score, and that means that the game is bad. Well, if you read a review, even with the score, you can sometimes find that, oh, the score is maybe a 7 out of 10 but I find these three things interesting enough for me to give that 7 out of 10 a go because it could still be a good 7 out of 10 or a 6 out of 10 or whatever it be. Uh, so do you guys like the scores or do you find that yourselves automatically go down and like immediately look at the score? Or do you read the review first?
0: I, unless I'm looking for controversy, I don't care about stores. If I know something's being controversial, I'm gonna go look for the score. Why did Why did the New Zelda game get a one on IGN? I gotta figure this oh, out. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: One of those times where I get a long running series gets a very odd yeah. sudden turn.
0: I gotta go figure it out or see it for myself.
1: Yeah, I think going back to the order, I think that was part of what kind of made the order interesting and made the news thrive more because it was like some review sites were giving it like 60s to 70s and some were giving it like a 1 out of 10 and people were like, whoa, what's this 1 out of 10? Well, don't, don't forget I'm going to go click on it. The
0: one guy that got it early that came out and was like, you can fully beat this game in 8 hours. like, And that's watching the cutscenes pretty much shut everything down. Like that yeah. one guy ruined it for tons and tons of people.
1: Well, do you remember the... Uh, speaking of that one in particular... That was the, one of those games where someone had posted a thing that said you could beat the game in five hours, and then that got caught up in this idea of hyperbole of you could beat the
0: game in four hours. Well, which no it's no. just not true. no, it's the opposite of that. It was the guy that posted, it, and he's like he clocked in his time, and it was eight hours all cutscenes watched, and then they they, they exaggerated that.
1: Yeah, well, there was one where they posted a gameplay and I I haven't, I never even watched the video because I, of course, didn't want to get spoiled. Uh, but it it was five and a half hours. And then, oh, I don't know about that one. And that was when people started doing the hyperbole of, oh, it's four hours, which kind of leads to that thing of, If a review hones in on one thing, right? have you ever seen reviews where like a game gets controversial before it comes and then it feels like the whole review is about that? It's funny because Rude Day says looks at Kotaku. I've actually seen reviews from Kotaku where the entire review is about one thing and it feels so disconnected from the game at large that it's like, why did you spend an entire review talking about this? How am I supposed
2: to review the PS5 in a pandemic?
1: (laughs) Do you remember what review was it where Oh man, I'm really trying to think where someone was like they gave points off to the game for being a PS5 exclusive because it's so hard to get a PS5. <laughs> I, sw-
0: I swear that to you, that was a you, Demon Souls review.
1: I swear to you, it was a Kotaku review. It wasn't
0: a Kotaku review, but it was certainly Demon's Souls, and it was. <sighs> I'm not gonna actually. I'm not gonna say who I think it was because I think I'm wrong. <laughs> but
1: I just remember that that was talked about. They were like, "This game is great." But could have been better if more people could have played it. Well, that, the no, PS5 continues to be so hard to get. that Sony made a wrong move here by putting the game the, only on
0: the PS. quality of this game it transcends anything that I've seen before, and I think it's a shame that it's only on PlayStation Five because that truly limits the amount of people who could actually play it. Was who pretty much what cares? it cares.
2: If one person can play a game, that doesn't mean it's not a ten. That's so stupid.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it was Kotaku that did the thing about the. Uh, the, basically the entire ps5 review was just a look at how income inequality and all these different things play into the factors that people can't buy playstation fives it was odd it was a very i was i remember reading it because i was like i just i want to see what the ps5 is about like i want to know what the system does what i can expect from it not that it's hard to get because that's obvious already. Reviews can be a very interesting thing. Actually, we you know what we didn't talk about here is that game reviews, but tech reviews of things that go into gaming are just as interesting sometimes. <laughs> um Hey, you know what? We talked about Shave Dog a little this week, so we're gonna throw a, we're gonna throw in Shave Dogs here. He says, No hot take this week but I've never liked the way most places do reviews. They either uh, partially play a game and put out a score or someone that can't stand a series genre puts out a jaded score or my current favorite, someone that has motion sickness issues reviewing a VR game shaking my head i always thought a place like ign or GameSpot, etc should have three people reviewing the same title and the score would be the average of the three reviews should stop the embargo crap as well every gamer is pretty well informed at this point reviews also shouldn't be completed before day one patches days gone is a perfect example of that of course if games weren't launched before being completed that would be a non-issue there's a lot to unpack there um one of the interesting things I really want to own in on here because I think it could be good, but it's unreal from a man, like a manpower standpoint is the idea that very large publications like IG and a should try to have multiple reviewers review the game and then have their total score be a conglomerate or a, an average of the, the three. How do you guys feel about that? Chris, what are you thinking? Uh, I think it's, A perfect world
2: thing, but we Mm. don't live in an imperfect world. In a perfect world, so it's never going to happen. And I don't really think it's necessary. I think one thing nobody has really captured, including us, is that there's also a responsibility on gamers. Which actually, I I guess I'll give credit to Rude Cold where he kind of got he kind of got there. Where you have to there's a responsibility on the gamer to understand IGN doesn't mean IGN as a whole. It means. Justin Dornbush of IGN likes whatever game, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I think that's a problem too in reviews. Is is you'll you'll see it all the time when people are like kind of dunking on Kotaku, where it's like this article from twenty sixteen by a completely different author says one then, thing, and then this mm-hmm. article in twenty twenty by a completely different author says another contradict. thing, and they contradict. And it's like, yeah, that's really funny to get your your hundred thousand likes on Twitter or whatever, but that doesn't actually have anything to do with the artist. If it has something to do with the publication, maybe the publication could look internally at themselves and realize, oh, we've published hypocritical articles, but I don't think that's a bad thing. I think what everyone is asking for in game reviews and in media is... I want to see from both sides, and then sometimes yes. we'll see from both sides, and it's like you said that that women suck in 2016, and then in 2020 you said women were great. You're you're hypocritical, and it's like no, a they're two different opinions, and b people can change and grow. So
1: that's, I think that's, that's the other part. Yeah, uh, I think that's yeah. Uh, even then, right? Like let's like take that that viewpoint and that idea and shrink it down. Even if, and I would actually appreciate this too. Even if Kotaku, IGN, anybody put out. Dual opinions within the same week, right? One yeah. article that says this and then one article that says this, but they're from two different people. Mm-hmm. That's a good thing. And like you mentioned, I don't think a, a site should look in and say, oh, we need to not have hypocritical differing, differing views because that means that, that that publication is trying to funnel down to have a single vision and is afraid to have their writers who might be talented explain different positions from a different standpoint and write that out in a well way. I think it comes down to if you're a good writer and you know how to articulate your position, then there's no reason that you shouldn't allow two completely differing standpoints to be published to your thing. You know, From the business side of it, the only thing it comes down to, is it worth having two articles about the same thing? And maybe sometimes it's not, even if they're differing viewpoints. So that's pretty interesting. (laughs) Um, What do you think? And I... I agree, but this is also a problem across the industry. The idea that re- reviews shouldn't be completed before day one <laughs> patches. Um, the problem with that is it, yeah, it's true that Days Gone as an example, and of course if games were completed, that's really com- what it comes down to. Day one patches are... They're not necessary, but in the way that we currently do the game industry, it's a necessary evil, right? Yes, I don't
2: know. It's weird because I think if we do this then we're going to you're going to start hearing a lot of like, well, why don't I have a review on day 1? You know, it's you can't have yeah. both. Um I think it's just a matter of acknowledging that you've done the review before day 1 pa- uh day 1 patch or whatever. You know, and I have the context of what they're planning on fixing in the day 1 patch. But I also think game reviews don't ever update and be like, "Hey, the day 1 patch is out." this is fixed, this is fixed, that is fixed. Or, or they, they didn't fix to that this and they of, told us we would, you know.
1: Yeah, and that would be valuable, but it comes back to the idea of you're having to get somebody to move back to something they've already moved on from in order to play it more just to change a little bit of their review and add an addendum. Perfect world situation, like you mentioned earlier. I would love that. How, how realistic and feasible is it within the current setup of the gaming industry and reviews? I don't know.
0: Some, you think? Something you could do just better uh, is just launch review just title it differently. Yeah. You know, Elden Ring launch review, and then six months later, Elden Ring updated review. Two separate reviews entirely. And I think that there, especially a year down the road when it's on sale, being able to go back and find there's this guy who wrote this review, and then the same guy wrote the review six months later about what it is like going back to play it again. In the, in the instance that he goes back and plays again. And if he doesn't, the launch review still stands as valuable information because it shows you what that review is like for those buying it
1: then. Yeah, You know, launch. I think a part of what goes on here that we've not really talked about yet is the idea of why day one reviews are important. Day one reviews are honestly less for the benefit of the consumer and more for the benefit of the publisher who wants to try and get a game out with good reviews as quickly as possible so that more people buy the game up front, uh, you know. Have you ever talked about uh, or seen people talk about the idea of like um, the the sales tail of a game? Of like day one, you see a big explosion, and then it kind of comes down, and then depending on what continued coverage looks like for it, you kind of see it bloat back out, and then eventually, before so long, it comes down to this very small tail that just sees little blips here and there when the game hits sales or something like that. Now there are games that defy that, Grand Theft Auto Five being one, Minecraft being one games like Stardew Valley being one, there are definitely games that defy that. But the average game sees for a long time at least, saw this idea of within the first three months, you're gonna have a blowout, and then by the end of the three month period you're coming to a tail. And so with that idea in mind, you have this thing of what is the value of a six months later review to the publisher at that point for that business model. But most business models right now are trying to be this idea kind of going back to Chris's thing about, um, whether or not suicide squad is a live action game, uh, or a live, uh, a live service game. The weird thing about live service games is that their whole idea is to keep a consistent, instead of a tail, you want to have that explosion, but then you don't want it to tell you want it to literally just be a consistent wave of up and down that never completely flattens. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. And at that point, uh, six months out review might be very valuable because I think if you looked at a review right now of um, a good example would be something like um, um, Tom Clancy's what's it called? Rainbow Six. Rainbow Six Siege. A review if and of course people may be like why would someone need a review of Rainbow Six and the game's been out forever? Well because the game is in a completely different state now. Yeah. A, a review for No Man's Sky now looks way different than day one review for No Man's Sky, right? Yeah right so to that it feels like there's
0: a lot of value in that particular side of things but i, um, I also am curious to the, the ratio of people who are up to date with technology enough to know to go read game reviews but at the same time they're not up to date with the game itself like i can't imagine like a parent people say like naming conventions can be confusing for parents but i don't think reviews would be like i don't think that not a parent's like I go read a re- review for a game to judge for their child, right? All right, you know, that's a good question. I doubt it. Yeah. So, like, I think that if you're going into a, like, if you're somebody like right now, even the most casual of people know that No Man's Sky had a rocky launch. Now, the person who plays one video game a year does not know, right? Or may not know, but he probably, like, if he's going to buy the game, say, at GameStop, somebody's going to probably tell him, like, all oh, this game's good now, right? And if they don't, yeah. then even then, if they go back and read, like, Type in No Man's Sky review. Even the way that they searched, that's hilarious. Is you're not going to get the IGN review from launch. So like right now, if I type in No Man's Sky review, which is the most common thing somebody's going to do is type into Google, it's going to show. Actually, it is going to show you 7.8 on IGN, which who they were smoking some crack when they rated that game. If that's the launch score. Uh,
1: <laughs> well, but, I think the weird thing is No Man's Sky. I think is one of the few games that I do remember seeing some publications updating, doing yeah. a.
0: Uh, uh whatever year review update, you know. But see, like even then, you have is No Man's Sky. We're buying in twenty twenty one. Is No Man's Sky any good? Did No Man's Sky flop? I played No Man's Sky five years later. Uh, congratulations with that title, GameSpot. Um, but yeah, I I I'm sure that the way like, and I don't search for reviews anymore. The only reviews I happen to read are people that I'm already subscribed to, like Skillup or ACG. Yeah. Um, so it's very rare for me to think like, oh. I need to go look at a review for this game. I know publishers, I know developers, so and I know that their development style and how they typically work. And unless something happens to come across to me on Reddit or like on Twitter of a game having something terribly wrong with it, then it's safe to say like there's probably not. It's probably a preference thing at that point on if I would prefer if I would like the game or not. Sure. Well, yeah. yeah. I at least that.
1: in most cases. yeah. I want to do one more. It's the last one we have and it comes from another patron. Thank you guys, all of you. Uh, he says uh, it's Danny CandymanVilio, both over on Facebook. He says, I rarely, if at all, look up reviews for games that just came out. Uh, if I'm interested in a game that's coming out, I would be watching trailers and gameplay to see if I'm going to buy it. When I do watch reviews, I usually see if people I follow reviewed it or check out a few reviews with a high view count. I guess I wouldn't really change anything about how day one reviews go because the point of those reviews are to tell people what they think of the game at the moment. Those reviews I'd say are mainly for people who are on the fence of buying it now full price or holding out for when it goes on sale. Um, I want to circle back around with that idea too uh, to something Saul actually hinted at earlier and said which is this idea of a down the road review and you mentioned six months out because the game's on sale. Well, One thing that I've actually seen one publication do and I wouldn't be surprised if more do it, Push Square will do this thing when a game hits PS Plus they'll repost a review. And they'll normally add an addendum of how they feel about it further out. It's like, hey, here's a game in case you didn't get the rev- – in case you didn't read reviews back then when it first came out, but you're interested in it now because it's free. Here's our review of it, and here's a slight change based off how we feel about it because of some new piece of information that's changed from day one. Uh, so that kind of goes back to the idea of solve this – Naming reviews and and looking to where you can filter what kind of reviews you're looking for probably has a lot of value when you can say hey here's my day one so that looked very odd it did you my were stimulating mouse. you were stimulating your computer my, yeah my mouse I think I just saw your your laptop <laughs> squirt. <laughs> I just wish there was a camera well, back here for you to see what I was just
0: doing <laughs> yeah my 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 mouse pad I'm sitting here scrolling through discord, catching up for the weekend that I haven't been able to read, and it's just my mouse pad just stopped working, and I'm just sitting here <laughs> oh
1: yeah,
0: oh yeah, <laughs> anyways,
1: so yeah, um. I like that, though. Uh, I, I like the idea of coming, being able to come back to games. And I think that actually kind of helps certain casual gamers, right, who aren't necessarily looking for a day one purchase. And they're really looking for more of an opinion that's after the case. Definitely when reviews hit so hard and fast these days, where you have not only a day one review, but oftentimes uh, anywhere from three to five uh, patches within the first two weeks of a game. Yeah, I think there's a lot of value of looking. I just, it, and it, it comes back to perfect world, like Chris was talking about. And I know that there still would be a need for a day one review, but it would almost be awesome if people across the board could just say, we're gonna wait for two years, uh two years, <laughs> two weeks after release, uh, to release our full review, so we can kind of get an idea with all those things and play the game as any other person would. Which kind of, you know, remember when Bethesda got backlash for not offering reviews? Uh, they wouldn't send review codes to people until day of release.
0: Yep. Yeah. And those those games, even for uh, even back when I didn't buy games at launch, unless it's from developers I really like, those games get blacklisted by me. Like you're not getting you're not getting my money for a while.
1: Well, it's funny because that's based off the expectation. And I'm not saying you're wrong to have that. But for me, I never cared. I thought, okay, so you're forcing reviewers to play the game as anyone else would play it. And that kind of goes towards what uh, Dog was saying, where in that situation, uh, reviewers are being forced to play the game with day one patch and with everyone else and kind of have a conversation around the game that way. And... There might be value in that in that it keeps reviewer or it keeps developers from having to worry about having a stable enough semi-review version to push out to
0: people. Or on the other side of the coin, they didn't have a stable enough version to give reviewers two weeks prior to launch. It's possible. So they they did not want bad review scores, which is more times off than not, I think, the case.
1: Which leads us back to the interesting case of Cyberpunk, a game that actually I think got what Chris was talking about to a degree where cyberpunk's reviews were way better than i would have anticipated because of the fact that all reviewers did exactly what chris did they looked at the good and tried their best to ignore the bad so they were like it'll be fixed one day (laughs) and there's that value that chris was talking about of being able to come back to a game and be like this is what the day one patch was supposed to fix and this is what it didn't fix because if you look at reviews for cyberpunk that game was terrible. People were talking about not seeing entire character models at the very end of the game and all sorts of crap. And that game still got day one reviews. I I know it didn't hit the numbers everyone wanted, but what was Cyberpunk's
0: day one review score? Um, day one Metacritic. Uh, you're going to have a hard time finding that, I think. I think you're Unless right. Unless you find a screenshot. Because that kind of stuff.
1: But it goes to show that a game like this still had this situation where... It reviewed fairly well. Like I want to go look at IGN, right? IGN Cyberpunk review, and see if it's been updated because I think. Well, here's an article from Gamerant Dude, look, IGN gave it a nine out of ten.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so back in December 11th of 2020, it was um 1.9 on PS4 for a user score. Uh, that says aggregated score. So I don't know if that if they're counting Metascore and uh, no that is user score yeah because Metascore was not out yet so that's probably 3. five point four I believe yeah so it's probably um mixed six point one compared to the ninety Metacritic average average so that's probably just a troll, troll thi- review this
1: is really interesting so we, this is a good look right here right IGN. The, uh, the original reviewer, Tom Marks, uh, for the original December 7th, 2020 release came back, and it actually shows right here that this review was updated on September 26th, 2021. And I'm curious to see if that's when this got out of 9 out of 10, because I do remember it getting decent review scores, but I don't think it was that well, even day one, because they still said there's bugs, right? Um, interesting. I'm very curious as to what it was once because it still just shows a nine. It doesn't show what the original score was. Uh, And as we've already said, going just to the score is not the way to do this. But for the sake of looking at the final outcome so that we can get the conversation moving in a specific way, it's interesting. And it's also interesting to see that it's been updated. Um, Yeah.
2: Speaking of of cyberpunk, there's an interesting user review I just saw. It's a 10 out of 10. And it says, love it. Thanks for many emotions and awesome time. Many bugs and, cr- and crashes, but size and perspectives of this project. Stunning. So it seems like people who got it, who liked it, just didn't care about the crashes. And like, and it, yeah, yeah. I really didn't care. I thought it was funny and I wanted to track it, but I didn't care. I was having fun the whole time.
1: <laughs> there were times where it frustrated me but for the most part it was like I just don't want it to crash or have to redo something because that, that one would thing be that the game seemed really good at
2: like knowing it was about to crash and like I was getting good at being able to be like okay it's about to crash huh yep yep there it goes. <laughs> and it felt like the game would, cause I would, I think I told you, I don't think I lost any progress off any of those crashes.
1: One time I lost about 20 minutes of gameplay and that was the worst I experienced. Yeah. Almost every time before it literally saved right before it crashed, almost like the system was like, a crash is coming, auto save. Yep. yep. <laughs> so it, it was a very interesting situation for that. But I think that, I think to answer the long running question, there's tons of value in review still, but there's also tons of room for the idea of a review to change, and the processes behind them to get streamlined in a way that's better not only for publishers, not only for players, because that's what it comes down to. Is it's they want it to be best for everybody involved, and the publishers are a big push behind that because without the publishers sending free codes out, we wouldn't get near as many reviews as we do. Yep. And that's just the fact behind it. Uh, and, and publishers might not feel the want to send out co- review codes if they think that everyone's going to unfairly judge them. But I also think that that's being a little too shallow with looking at the way executives can be. Yeah. There are executives that are like that, but I think some actually care. Um, it's just, where do you sniff them out and find them at? So uh, with that, the one thing that we've not gotten into yet, and I think it's how we're going to round this episode out. is a very interesting
0: Reddit exchange that Saul had. Uh, <laughs> I'm an official leaker, or I'm, a, I'm an official source to be leaked. Were you a leaky? You to, were leaked too? Elite too. <laughs> so for reference, nobody knows. Like My Reddit account is like, it's not anonymous on purpose, but it's not like it's an account name that I've ever had. Um, but I was in the Gaming Leaks and Rumors subreddit, and I generally go in there like chit-chat with people about things, and one person just randomly messaged me out of the blue. And... Uh, we were talking specifically about Jack and Daxter, more specifically about the PSP game Daxter and he was asking me for my opinions for things and stuff like that about like what we were sitting there watching and I was like kind of like, done with the conversation and he was like, I forgot how he phrased it but he said, you know, with some of the insider knowledge I have that I posted on that Reddit before, here's some stuff and then this was all happening pretty much while I was sleeping except for one of them. One of them happened, the first one happened right before I went to bed and he gave me a leak, quote unquote, something, it's not a leak, it's fake. Um, All of this is probably fake. And then I was like, huh, that's interesting. And then like four or five more while I was asleep that I woke up to. But, I'll read them off to you guys because of how crazy they are. And this is merely for fun, uh, but it's also merely to put it out there in the world because it'd be interesting if this was actually true. The first one he sends me that says... It just says they. I guess Microsoft. But it says they will be debuting gameplay for Starfield come June with what would be E3 2022. It won't be much, but it will be at the very minimum the cockpit video that's been circulating around with some flying and some on-foot exploration. The trailer is less than three minutes total. So that's kind of... Um, vague like that's that's very a say that's a safe leak that's like something anybody could put out there and be 50 50 right on I would argue, guess.
2: that's that's less of a leak and more of a no Definitely.
0: shit <laughs> yeah, three they're gonna debut gameplay of their biggest game of next year no way so this is I, i'm not gonna this is not in the order i got them from because i just copied and pasted them but yeah. this is certainly and i've cleaned them up This is certainly, though, this is how it's going to lead into. So the next thing they said was they will be making another studio acquisition by the end of April, um, which is kind of vague again. Like that could be anything uh, by the end of April could also mean like from now to the end of April. Right. Like I could read it that way. Yeah. So it is by the end of April. Yeah. By the end of (laughs) April. Uh,
1: (laughs) Yeah. But this could be any time up to that point.
0: This is the big one. This one is Elder Scrolls 6. Deathland. Yes, this is a real title and not the working title. This takes place roughly around the fourth era, and the main campaign has to do with the Great War. I'm not a massive Elder Scrolls fan, but the person who gave me this info said it's about the size of Skyrim in terms of scope, but the map is about 50% bigger. Something else Bethesda's working on towards is heavily populated areas. That's all I know. So that's interesting. Trying that's, to give us those Assassin's Creed Unity crowds. That's that's a uh that's a flat out like here's a name to go with this series, and here's where it is, and here's the size of the map.
1: I think he kind of he, he kind of got saw on that one too, because Saul started like Googling and I was like I Googled
0: Deathland, that's a real thing in like it's a real thing involving Hammerfell.
1: And it's a real thing that happens during the same time that the guy said in the lore, which the great war that happens is accessible era. to everyone, to yeah. be fair.
0: Um, so th- th- those are th- those lore people who are really into Elder Scrolls lore. Fact check what I just said to make sure that's correct, but from what I read, it seems to be. Mm-hmm. Um, then he says, "Bloodborne remake is being done by Bluepoint and will be launching in March of 2023," which is bold. We get this announcement towards <laughs> we get this announcement towards the end of the year 2022. Also, cor- uh, I almost called him Corey, Chris. <laughs> I never said Bluepoint wasn't remaking Bloodborne. It's the it's the sequel. I disagree with. I want that's them to make. Right. I'm still Blood. right. We get this announcement towards the end of the year 2022. There is no word on if it's on PC or not currently. So I guess Too that late. what that what I can read that is is like the, the 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 anybody leaking that it's on PC is like that's not part of the same. As this I guess? Um, but in terms of Bluepoint, Bluepoint is working on a brand new Jack and Daxter game. <laughs> Here's here's the release date Here's what's really going to get you Here's what's really going to get you Hold on Chris, it ain't done It ain't done Set to release in winter of 2022. So next, <laughs> next winter. The game has been... This ain't done yet, either. This game has been in production alongside the Bloodborne remake since halfway through production of Demon's Souls. That studio is not that big.
1: No, that studio is not to that big. To be working
0: on two games while working, finishing up a third. <laughs> and one and
1: what's interesting about that is if you actually look into the production of Demon's Souls, they even at being between 70 to 90 employees the entire time of that, so much work from that game, and I don't mean in a bad way, was... Outsourced in the way that Sony always does. Some of the audio design was outsourced. Some, not all. Some of the uh, most of the art was done in house. Small little things, you know. I don't say small little things, but they did a lot of outsourcing, and that's for that title at seventy to ninety people. Yeah, even if they've grown. Doing two games, Bloodborne, one re- Bloodborne, one, Bloodborne a arguably, remake, or it's arguably, it's bigger than Demon's Souls. A remake of Bloodborne to the quality of Demon's Souls, yeah, along with a brand new Jack and Daxter. It just, and no wrong. Like I said, this is just interesting. I don't know how much of this be- I believe. Honestly, I'm going to say I don't believe. I don't believe any, any of, it. of it.
0: But it's one of those things that I, I'm keeping in my phone. The reason I copy <laughs> and pasted them on my phone. Is for this exact reason. I actually put them in here as blue point. I mean, not blue points, <laughs> bullet points, so I can check them off if they're ever right. <laughs> but um, the the last part of that rumor was: there's also rumor that people from Naughty Dog have unofficially helped with this. I don't know what that means. Unofficially helped with this. That sounds like off the record. If, it,
1: dude, if anything, Sony, if that was happening. And not as I want to be part of it, that would be official that w- why how would you unofficially help? Hey yep. guys, we're off the clock. I just wanted you to know. we were thinking that Daxter this time around could be uh get turned into a A pterodactyl. (laughs)
0: Um, And then here comes... Oh, uh, I missed one. Uh, PlayStation was also working on a handheld device up in 2018.
1: Oh, yeah. Up until 2018.
0: This was in the early planning stages and was almost put into engineering production until they decided completely against it. Word around the office was that they did not want to compete with the Switch yet. So that's interesting because that's framing it as... To to me, at least, that's framing it that there's going to be another one. But they're That's still looking
1: point. at the potential to for a handheld to compete with Switch at some point in time. Yeah.
0: Um, once again, interesting about the 2018 time frame of my eye. Now that I've thought about that. Um, but then he's th- this is where this is where this guy loses all credibility. The fact that he went from Bethesda or Microsoft Jack to S- S- to PlayStation. Here now he went to Nintendo. Um Metroid now, this is another thing. Metroid Prime three, not four, but three is heading to Switch in January of 2023. That's not uh, one, that's a not full two, year and a half away three. for a remake of a GameCube game or a remaster. It doesn't even say remaster, or remake. Um, this one's kind of crazy. Within the next three title dumps for the classic console, we'll be getting both Jet Force Gemini and Conqueror's Bad Fur Day as a collaboration between Nintendo and Rare. Banjo Kazooie is also teased during this ordeal at the end of a trailer and Xbox logo shows. What, don't I don't even know what that's supposed to imply with the Xbox logo. Does that mean that Nintendo and Xbox are working together? Or does well, that mean
1: that it's t- Technically G- it would have to because for certain things because for Rare, rare Ono Microsoft?
0: I don't know what well I mean I don't know what it implies in this. It, does that mean that these games are also coming to Xbox? Or does it mean something more? I don't know what that last part meant. Um, there are no uh, plans for a GBA classic games on Switch at the moment. That's a hard hitting one for me. Uh, the next pokemon game will be announced (laughs) in april of 2022 that's that's i don't know in april he doesn't say before the next pokemon game yeah will be announced this coming april
1: that's pretty broad there's a lot of pokemon games that's the chances of that being uh, being on the dollar because it's that vague is pretty high yeah
0: um gamecube mini will be announced in may with a july release date no titles have been discussed yet
1: Hold on, they just completely skipped Nintendo 64 mini? I, I,
0: I'm assuming, here's <laughs> what I'm assuming, because I pick apart this the same way y'all are. The guy wanted to play it safe, and because they're doing Nintendo 64 online, James. they're not going to do a mini. So they're going to go to the next console. But the May to July thing is also bold, because he's, he's outright predicting it's, there's going to be a direct in May, in which this is announced. This is fully announced in July. Mm. Uh, and then the last one is a new 3D on Mario game will be announced February 2022.
1: So some of these are just so like vague. And they're vague enough to get you like, okay, it could happen. It doesn't mean yeah. you're right. That's
2: the thing right? is I think like half of these will probably be right because they're so obvious.
0: And then yeah. he does something like Jack, <laughs> Jack and Daxter. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Which is funny because that was I think that's why he was he talking to me to begin with is because We were, everybody was talking about Daxter in this comment thread. But I'm also curious, like, I'm not going to do it, but I want to go back to that comment thread and message the other people and be like, did y'all get like a person in y'all's DMs, (laughs) like leaking about a Jack and a Daxter game? So, you know, the thing is, is that these
1: types of things can be fun, but there's always this idea of like, here's the thing. Clearly, he doesn't expect to get clout out of this because he deleted his account. Yeah, his his, his account's gone. Yeah, he can't. And that actually adds a really interesting layer to this. Not that I'm saying any of this is true, but we've dealt with people before, personally, Saw and I, who yes. have dealt with, or who have been the people to leak things. We've lost par- and they, we, We've quit partnerships over it. We always, ha- they always end up doing this thing where, they keep their account around and they try their best to delete things after it turns out not to be true and if you try and keep the things that might end up being true so they get this weird leaker clout where they get one thing right and people start being like, they've been a proven leaker
0: before. You know what I mean? But they forget they posted our Discord and that's the one place they forget to delete everything.
1: But those types of things they right They absolutely there, did. Right? Is that those can be really fun, but it does start to make you wonder what was his intentions? Was his intentions just purely troll based? Or is there some chance that, so that he's z- literally just regurgitating what someone else has told him and he's just having fun with it? Like Someone came to him and was like, don't tell anybody, but this, 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 and this. And he was just like, you know what? Every, I'm going to go tell him anyway. I'm going to make a brand new account, go to this place, and just start chatting up with people. Well, see, and that's, and the thing, out there.
0: that's the thing. I was I, I didn't think anything of it. But if I knew he was going to delete his account overnight after email or dming me or whatever um i would have checked to see how old his account was because his account oh. could have been like six years old on reddit and like that could have been a like a i could have been a purchase account to be fair people do that all the time
1: Like give you money for your reddit account absolutely <laughs> do
0: and like they, people do that for karma too like like if you have millions of karma they will 100 percent buy your account so like they can then advertise on it like subtly like they'll go into like male fashion and be like, what, they're like, what's everybody's favorite stuff? And they're like, well, mine's this J crew shirt right here. Here's a link. And it's like, it's very subtle advertising.
1: That's wild. Yeah. Well, here's, the <laughs> I, I think I have the perfect community stake here because I just love it. Yeah. I want the community stake to be that. I want all of our listeners who want to participate to give me their best fake Oh, I pitch. like it. I you know, like, like I want them to work up their their perfect fake leak, not a real one, clearly, but like work up what you would tell somebody if you were in a position where you could just have fun with them and tell them something that they might believe. Just what's your crazy leak? Uh, and just have fun with it. It could be literally anything. I don't care. I just Ooh. think
0: that this is super fun. I got it. I got mine for next week.
1: Okay. Okay. Chris, of course, you're more than welcome to have your own. I think all of us should try and come with our own stupid leak that we want to come with. Um, but you have
0: to make it sound as believable as possible.
1: But look, I, I'm going to, Chris. You laughed <laughs> so voraciously at Jack and Daxter that I am actually a little curious here. Do you, because of that, think that Sony is 100 percent done with Jack and Daxter? Yes. Do you don't think it, you don't think it's coming back? I think.
2: Here's my thing. I think if Naughty Dog. Took back a remake of one of their games. They're not going to let someone else make a new entry in one of their games at this point. Yeah, because
1: of course someone could. Someone could look back and say, "Well, they made Jack and Daxter: The Lost Frontier, or Naughty Dog allowed somebody to use Mm -hmm. their IP to make that." Um, But that's been a long time ago, you know. Uh, But at the same time, I will say this: they clearly have interested to do more. (laughs) with The Last of Us hence the fact that they're doing a show and Mm -hmm. continuing to make some kind of multiplayer game within The Last of Us so having a tighter grip over that and considering that they are the the people who are studio heads there now and whatnot are the ones who directed that and made that I think it's a little different Uh, Jack and Daxter is weird because the current form of Naughty Dog doesn't really have much creative push or not even push creative fondness or whatever or at least it would be less right it's not their baby some people who made Jack and Daxter may still be with the company, but for the most part that 's a very different company than made Crash and made Jack. Those are both the original founders, and then neither of them are there and haven 't been for a long time now uh, they were They left right around a chartered one, I think yeah, so when you think about it that way, I can actually see them being like, "Yeah, it may be our i p but we don 't really have that kind of care for it we don 't want to give it the white glove treatment every single time." What's yeah. interesting is that they've talked about coming back to uh, Jack and Daxter and have like made different art and pitches and whatnot. And they always just go against it. So I don't think there's any reason to bring back
2: Jack and Daxter in 2021.
1: Hmm. It's interesting because I know there's somebody who's like there absolutely is, which it's not me. I I don't mind Jack and Daxter. I think they're perfectly fine games. I don't care if there's a new one personally. It would be cool to replay Daxter just because that's my favorite one. Daxter's Daxter amazing, and three, yeah.
0: but I don't think there should be a new one. A new a new title.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think you know, like just adding or you know remastering Daxter for twenty bucks on PS Five, just or just the
0: whole thing for three, like they did with the PSP. Just bring that to PS Four or Five. Yeah, and then hold on, it was on. No, it was on PS3 and PSP. What's up, Chris?
2: I guess I can't see a good reason why you would buy Bluepoint and have them (laughs) do this instead of finding like a Sanzaru who can do it.
1: Yeah. You know, Uh, it doesn't make any sense. It's funny because we were talking about that. While I don't care about a a Jack and Daxter, I think by looking at the same era and the same breadth of, of character and whatnot, I really do want a new Sly Cooper. Uh, because I think that there's plenty of stuff that you can do within that world and character set. Uh, and I think Sony clearly thinks so too because they've talked about maybe doing a movie and stuff. I think that there's just like a a risk thing where they're going there and being like, the last time we did put money to it, it just didn't sell well. And you have that kind of back and forth. And I think that that's true of Jack and Daxter too, right? Where The Lost Frontier did not sell well. yeah, And so you have this thing where it's like, just take the, just don't do it. We'll just... Keep it, which there is value in that, right It's better to let an i p rest with a good track record than to bring it back just for the sake of bringing it back because if you ever actually get somebody who you think really could do it justice, then you pull it out of the fire you be yeah. like, all right now we're going to pull it out because we think there's someone who has a real vision for it, not just hey, is there anybody out there that would like to make
0: uh, a new jack and daxter game just because i have a I have an extra level though to communicate what's up I want I want you to not only come up with a leak that sounds plausible, right? (laughs) I invite somebody, oh my gosh, I invite somebody to make a fake account and to leak us a game. We're a PlayStation podcast, right? So I invite anybody who wants to leak us something, right? Are we starting an ARG? We could, absolutely. But I want somebody who thinks they know something (laughs) in the community uh, Uh, or that knows somebody in the industry to leak us something. And get the word out through us I'm, we'll, we'll, I'm, i'll invite, I'll invite us to be the leakers. I know what I want to do with my life now uh oh,
1: all right, so a cloud Tex- Texarkana is a city that sees a lot of people travel through it as they try to make their way through different states like we're a we're a hub. people don't really stop here for more than like getting gas and stuff like that, kind of, eating yeah. and whatnot. We get a lot of that traffic i around town and on travels that I do for work to smaller towns around, I want to start loading up design documents and stuff that are fake for games on flash drives and leaving them in random spots. <laughs> right, first of all, if you, if
0: you put a random flash drive in, in your computer, you're an idiot. <laughs>
1: Let alone, look. I could get Ray to like etch the PlayStation logo into the metal part
0: of them so they no, look official don't. and then just leave a PlayStation oh, you get like, flash like, drive. Like light blue like silicone on the drops too to like yeah. match the PlayStation? Yeah. Okay, that's a stupid idea. Anyways, <laughs> you guys can answer the community's take over there on Twitter at TriangleSQRD at the Discord in the link description below uh, at Patreon if you really want to at patreon.com slash nartech which, speaking of, you can uh, help us out and help support the show with any kind of little minio cost from little mic stuff that we have to have every now and then, all the way up to a new camera if this thing broke, um, and of course you could find us on Facebook at uh, a group called Triangle Square to PlayStation Podcast. You can ask to join that, and you will be invited on in. So we invite everybody else for episode two thirty five. Leak us some information, make it as believable as possible, and yeah, or, or don't, yeah, <laughs> I don't or don't even care. yeah, or don't. Just make it as wild, but uh, we'll see everybody back for episode two thirty five.
1: Thank you. I uh, And before someone says that Sony's going to buy Microsoft. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys. Thank you, guys. Uh, Chris, thanks, too, man. Thank you, Chris. All right, guys. We will see you all next time around. <laughs> thanks to our patrons. No Ham Dagger, Bailey Robertson, Rob Warpoint, Josh Drago, Mark Schutz, Cypher Primus, Kyle Grimm, Richard Schaefer, Brood Days 93 Joshua Lago, Landis, Zachary Sawyer, Kevin Baconbits, Luke Rabbit, Danny Villalobos, Solitary Red, Jehudi MD, Sean, Josh Ayers, Derek Porter, Corey Hickerson, Constantly Kenny, Matthew Green, Sean Santarude, The Stonard, Josh Jarrell, Stephen Salazar, Shadowist, and my name is Dan. Thank you all.